You're listening to episode 312 of the Major Issues Podcast. On this episode, the first episode of 2024, we look back at 2023 at the good, the bad, and the ugly. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by comicbookclick.com, and not only a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, but a brand new episode in a brand new year. Welcome to 2024, ladies and gentlemen, and I would be remiss if I came into this brand new year absolutely alone. You guys know I'm never alone. Sir, if you could please introduce yourself. Happy New Year, Clickers. It's Dan the Comic Book Man. Dan the Comic Book Man is here to talk to all you fine listeners out there, but he's not even alone. Other sir, if you could please introduce yourself. It is I, Alex, a.k.a. B-Roke, but celebrating a feliz año nuevo. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. This is a very special episode. Not only is the first episode of the Major Issues Podcast for this year, but we're going to be taking a look through some rose-colored glasses. We're going to be checking out the rearview mirror and looking at the year we just left. What a year it was. Good, bad, ugly, <laughs> indifferent. All of it and more between the drama, the gossip, the movies, the television shows, um, and the comics that have all come out this year. Obviously, it would be absolutely impossible for us to tackle everything that's happened uh, in 2023. But I did want you gentlemen to join me as we tackle some of the bigger stuff. Um, there are certain things that happened last year that ne not necessarily you guys were on the episodes to discuss those things. So it'll be cool to get some of your opinions on some of the movies, television shows, and overall happenings uh, that have happened in the world of comic books and comic book media. Um, I, as a whole, when it comes to, I guess, comic books and comic book media, I'll start off with you, B-Roke. Uh, how do you think we fared in 2023? Oof. 2023 was a, a learning year for for everybody in the, in the, the comic book universe. The MCU is, for lack of a better word, crumbling. It yeah. was it lost Disney money. The most the most productive movie to come out of it was Guardians of the Galaxy three, which you could have penciled that in. However, at the same time, because it came out in the midst of all these failures, even that success was kind of is kind of looked down upon because it's right. like how, how did it do it? And of course, it did it because it was still riding the coattails of the Infinity Saga. These right. other these other new new things are they're standing on their own, so and that's the problem that I figured out with what what happened with the MCU's downfall. I was I was pondering this for a while. How did it happen? And and it's not even the full MCU because their shows have never been better. Their shows do not miss. It that feels like more Phase One at this point. Like we're in this we're in this Phase Two of the MCU Disney Plus shows. But I was mm. pondering how the the, the theatricals managed to fail where of what five comic book movies we got from them this year only one succeeded and it ended really, up being about four but yeah that math checks out it's it, it's more than just you know it's trying to ride the coattails of its last saga it's more as it's doing what the dc's downfall was and it's trying to rush this new saga but we have no 
We have not one established Avenger in how no, many movies? We don't have a team. We do not have one established team. But we have yeah. two uh, confirmed Avengers movies. Yes. Or in one next in, year. At least oh, one two years from now. <laughs> yeah. At least one. At least one Avengers movie is on the slate. Avengers 5 is on the slate. Yeah. With not an established team. Right. And, a, and, a, and a villain and a missing villain and a missing <laughs> villain and we're, and we're gonna get we're gonna get into all that but like you were saying Baroque, it showed that the um that the mcu was not invulnerable i think there was a lot of people on the outside there, there was a lot of people that didn't understand how it got to where it got initially so they were calling fluke you know <laughs> two three four five years ago um and it just started to you know uh, compound upon itself there's been so many like the stumbling blocks it, it it it's so interesting that everything happened right after endgame they're like had the entire mcu started a year later everything would have been remiss but it's so funny that we finished the most one of the most prominent franchise you know arcs in the history in like the five most profitable franchises of all time yeah. next to harry Potter and james bond and then covid strikes uh you know people uh, people uh you know getting in trouble which we'll talk about um we really got to see that this thing did, was able to be vulnerable and on the other half <laughs> we already knew that dc could be vulnerable but they downright died this year <laughs> or last oh. year in 2023 they uh they it, it was rough it was rough i'll say that at the very least while the, their films were enjoyable um there was no real stake to the sizzle to a lot of it, it um and i think people felt that and one of the uh, earliest of franchises to die like this was a baby franchise in like when you really think of it oh this is probably but like, 10 years is also a long time to continue doing the oh my God, was was man of steel 2012 2013 2013 jesus 10 years is a long time to be doing things the wrong the wrong kind of way to the point that 2021 is when they do zack snyder justice yeah, their apologies the like messing up for years the mcu well, had like a good solid how many years and then it just it's, started it's, in 2018 is when infinity war comes out 2008 is when iron man comes out that is 10, 10 years, 10 years. It, just, 10 it just years. goes to show planning you know you got <laughs> yeah. the mcu which I mean, after the first Avengers, they really started planning. They had a loose outline starting yeah. from Iron Man to the first Avengers. There was a loose outline, but they had something going and they didn't saturate the the film market. They knew, right. okay, we're only putting out what two, I think three was the most they had put out in a year uh, prior yeah. prior to 2020, 2020, 2021. Right. They never did more than they didn't saturate. They didn't saturate uh, the market. They, they've only done that recently because it was just like, well, now that we're making billions, now let's try to make trillions. And they, they got greedy. They got greedy. And DC, yeah. they were just playing catch up this whole entire time to the point where they just kept tripping over themselves until they finally tripped themselves into a grave. I think they also confused their audience by allowing in-universe films to exist at the same time as Elseworld well, films. I will say that a lot of the MCUs, like, not even downfall, but a lot of how it's like hype started dying is a lot of bigoted fans started becoming a lot more open to their bigotry. Well, that's why when you said that all the shows have never been better, I think of things like She-Hulk and the hate we got for just saying that it was okay. 
<laughs> you know that 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 was a very vocal uh, pushback that people had to that to the Marvels, right? That that's always going to come up. That's always going to be a thing we'll talk about. Um, but yeah, we got to see that one of literally the medium that we cover each and every week. Something that all of us are knee deep in for the most part is is vulnerable. It can suffer without passion, without direction, um, and without the right energy and people behind it. This stuff can't. It. it we needed to be reminded. Maybe everybody, <laughs> Disney fans. One might say it's balanced. One, yeah. one might say perfectly balanced because on the opposite end of of the cinema spectrum. This has been on that this last year was the most incredible year for film that I have seen since 2016. Right. Like at like at least a minimum a minimum of 50 movies have slapped in every single way and then depending on your taste you could say every movie was great but seeing this this weird shift in the tides cuz the MCU had the the movie theater on lock that was the uh, that not only that talent unlocked. right directors actors all that kind of stuff everybody now, wanted to be a it's part now of the getting MCU. to a point yeah it's now getting to a point where you could be like oh that person hasn't done an mcu film that person that but back like maybe four years ago everybody was under that umbrella man everybody i was like damn like everybody's done something uh in that universe um speaking of universes let's let's start this off in chronological order i want to go with you guys month to month and kind of discuss what the big either news uh tv or movie releases uh, were in that month and dc man you want to talk about being able to start off a year <laughs> in january uh dc or should i say james gunn officially announced his five to ten year plan it's for his been a DC year movie. of that my god yeah a year since he announced hey guys Everything that's coming out this year that we're that's under DC is not going to matter next year. <laughs> Everything that's going to come out this year, we got four films coming out, guys, and I think Blue Beetle might be connected. Is what he says. <laughs> Everything else, eh? Well, you know, you don't even have to worry about it. Set setting the pace for what would become a huge amount of apathy fans would have towards all those films, knowing there's nowhere for them to go. Um, we were introduced to Chapter One. Gods and Monsters, that's supposed to start with Creature Commandos, but the first film is supposed to be Superman Legacy. Um, and all year it's been about speculation, about casting and stuff like that. We eventually got some confirmations and stuff. But um, yeah, they basically started off this year saying, uh, they forget everything else that we've done and forget everything we're going to do this year um, because we're starting off with a new slate. Alex, can you remember? can you remember hearing that announcement and do you think it did affect DC's bottom line this year? Oh, definitely. I mean, now that you say it, James Gunn was the executioner of the DCEU. <laughs> the moment he announced this, I can say people all hype was lost for all the movies that came out this year. Uh, the, uh, I was looking forward to Aquaman 2, and mm -hmm. I still enjoyed Aquaman 2. But even in right. watching Aquaman 2, it was it was just like watching. I, I feel like the Grim Reaper, just holding a side, like yes, just waiting, just it. waiting. Let me just, he was just literally wait. just sitting in the hospital bed as the flatliner just goes. Beep. Exactly, exactly. You know, Jason Momoa, you can have all the energy in the world, man, but I'm about to code you. It's over. <laughs> and it was sad. It was sad to see because, like I said, Aquaman 2, I was looking forward to. Even uh, Blue Beetle, upon its initial announcement, I was like, oh, that could be interesting. A, a brand new hero, a Latino hero. This is going to be exciting. Like the and young one? Like the one of the first I, ones besides Shazam? <laughs> that are just like a exactly. Younger. Shazam, Shazam yeah. 2, I was looking forward to with the Black Adam thinking, okay, we're going to get this little mini universe on the side going. All of the, and then I can't, 
I enjoyed Aquaman 2 only because it was a fun movie. But would yeah. I say people need to watch it? No. Blue Blue Beetle aspects I enjoyed. Shazam, oof! Just the, the, the from the very first Rough. trailer, I was just like, this is not gonna be a good movie. Rough and stuff. Black Adam, I was like, I I cannot remember that movie. That's how bad no. that movie was. <laughs> no. I oh, suddenly remember some like horned devil man coming out of the ocean or something like that. At the end. Black Adam. That's the yeah. only DCEU. I've seen them all except for that one because I just I just can't do it. I I am standing on principles here. If there's a few movies in <laughs> my business. if there's a few movies in my life that I could skip out on never watching, I think Black Adam is a movie that I won't lose sleep over. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, you, you, yeah, it doesn't seem like you missed much. So when they announced that James Gunn was going to do this new universe, I was I got very excited because I've said, look, this is the guy who made a talking tree, a talking raccoon, a green girl, a green guy, and a, a, a guy listening to 80s music, the hype. You know, yeah. so I, I trust where he's going to take it. Just when is it going to start? It doesn't seem like it's even going to start this year. So no, it starts in 2025 it, with uh with Superman Legacy, and I even think that's got to pushed a little bit. Maybe I think it's July of 2025 for Superman Legacy. We might well, get Christian Commandos before then. Started yet? They haven't even started on that movie yet. We just got no. I think production starts in March, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, because they had asked March, him. If, yeah, they had asked him if he was going to show the suit before production started, and he said no. Um, so you know, and and uh, yeah, it's. There was a lot of there's a lot of goodwill moving forward. That to be honest, it was such a mess. Like DC taking a knee and showing us Snyder, the 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 Zack Snyder Justice League kind of made things messier <laughs> because now he had two complete oh, that was, and that was, different ca- canon movies. Movie. But that was the that was when you got the diagnosis that DCEU had cancer. That's when you knew when they released a movie that they swarping down for years that didn't even exist. That people were crazy to ever think that there was even a version when they released that bad boy. I knew it. It was like going to the doctor and being told it metastasized in your lung, right straight to your lymph nodes. <laughs> like that was it. Yeah, they, they took a knee to the fandom after swearing this thing didn't exist, and then they, you know, they showed it off. And now there's two different versions of the film. The Flash seems to take bits from the Zack Snyder's Justice League, which if you haven't seen, it's very confusing. Yeah, if you haven't seen that one, the Flash makes no there's sense. A, there's already a Justice League. It's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. But um, like you were saying, B-Roke, uh, you, you were talking about the talking tree and all that kind of stuff. We don't even got to go that far. He did a good Suicide Squad film. I like the right. Suicide Squad. He did he, Peacemaker, he, the TV Peacemaker. show. Peacemaker. Peacemaker was Tremendous. a must show. Tremendous stuff. So, it's a really yeah. Because if you look at it, Peacemaker at the end of his season was just James Gunn walking away from that Justice League. And the Suicide Squad. They out the Suicide Squad at the end of that. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh yeah, by the way. Because the last person he says goodbye to is Aquaman. He's not, he tells Aquaman, fuck off. That was the yeah, only Justice League member yeah. he talked to. So yeah. there you go. They were foreshadowing uh-huh. the, the, the end. Uh, yeah, <laughs> write that in there. Um, but yeah, we'll see how all that looks. In the future, as P- as we were writing through that whole thing in January, February comes up, super anticipated, the first Marvel movie of the year, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, comes out February 17th. Now, we've had some time removed. I can now say it wasn't one of the best films <laughs> that came out. I 
and I, you know, obviously now this is going to sound absolutely horrific, but I really thought that that movie lived and breathed on Jonathan Major's performance, and I think he did a good as Kang. Everything, there's a lot wrong with that movie, or there's a lot where I'm like, why are we spending time here? Just go back to Kang. I want to <laughs> go back to him. I liked hearing him talk. I liked seeing his suit. Um, he brought a, a gravitas to that character. I have no background on Kang. I've read him in stories and stuff like that, but it's not like, oh yeah, my guy Kang. You know, like I don't have that sort of ownership with that with that character. But I thought he did something pretty interesting with it. And then when you have the dual post credits of the whole Council of Kangs, the whole Coliseum of a, of a living threat, and the Loki season two. Uh, that we were going to be reintroduced to Kang in the form of Victor Timely in Loki season two. I was like, oh, we, we everything else is kind of eh, um, but we're eating here. I remember specifically being upset that they even teased leaving Scott and Hope in the quantum realm, and then they were like, nah, uh, they we're fine. The door's back open. <laughs> They're just going to walk right back in, <laughs> walk right back through. But those are my quick uh, thoughts on the film. Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Dan. How did you? It's been a year. How? What are your thoughts now on on Quantum Uh, honestly, I don't remember that movie. I'll tell you, no? I watched it. I watched that, and I watched Thor four back to back because I watched them when they were both available on fucking Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Okay. I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna watch it, and I just don't remember anything about them. I don't remember the beginning. I don't remember how they get to the quantum realm. I don't remember why. All I remember that haunts my nightmares, that stares in the, at my corner while I'm having sleep paralysis, all I remember is goddamn Modoc just standing Modoc. in my corner as I have sleep paralysis at 2 in the morning. Yeah, that was rough. Screaming Scott. That's all he's doing. He's just screaming Scott. Oh my god. Listen, I didn't expect Modoc to be the best adaptation it's really hard in a sense to I guess do an elongated face like that but they didn't have to make it where he looked like he was a tv screen right he he he, lo he literally looked like george lopez and shark boy and lava girl i i don't yeah that that whole thing is rough because then people say well he's supposed to look ridiculous you can't win on either way on, on that but you can but I, you can there's a there's a level to this man that was just laziness i agree i i also don't think like i think in hindsight you could be like oh these guys they were kind of foolish to put all their eggs in one major basket <laughs> <laughs> but um it, it should be noted that when we teased Thanos in Avengers 1, they had absolutely no plans. <laughs> they had no one casted. They didn't even have the right to sing Thanos. Yeah, they didn't have no that one casted. Josh, I don't think that was James Brolin, Josh Brolin, was that? No, yeah, it was no. Not. We, it wasn't. And it wasn't, it wasn't even wasn't. Brolin in Guardians. It was some other was dude in Guardians. <laughs> when, when he's like, a boy, you know, when he's talking about I will bathe the star ways in your blood. Yeah, like all that. Yeah, yeah no, that completely, completely, other, completely other person. Um, so, uh, you know, the Infinity Saga wasn't hinged on a single villain act that where the actor was already cast. One could argue if, God forbid, Chris Evans or RDJ, you know, did something horrific, we would, we could, you know, we would be in probably the same, we would have been in the same kind of mess that we're in now. Uh, but at the time, as far as villains were concerned, we saw they didn't even really last. So it didn't feel like they were putting all their eggs in one basket where in this, yeah, man, they were going full in on Kang. And at the time, 
<laughs> I thought that was the right thing to do. Well, yeah. I had to do it, Rogue, in, in, in retrospect. Man, this I rewatched this movie just a few weeks ago, and my son and I both laughed through it. <laughs> yeah. it, it was it's bad. It didn't hold up the first time. It was an utter disappointment. Yeah. You have you have a superstar cast. This superstar cast, everybody who has more than proven themselves in other forms of media. I mean, they purposely brought in, I, I feel bad, I can't remember the actress's name, but I very much have enjoyed her even in previous projects she did. And they bring them in and here, even just small details. I'm going to nitpick, but just on, on purpose though. You have your heroes venture into this whole new world that they know nothing about. But the writing team and the directing team felt it was more important that they perpetually take off their helmets so that <laughs> yeah. you can see their faces. And it's just right. like, stop it. Stop it. Learn something from Carl Urban in Dread. Embrace that the, the character wouldn't do this. I know it's a small thing, but it just it spoke volumes to me. It just completely takes me out of it. No, I'm watching it, this tremendous I, I, action sequence where the characters feel the need to stop, take off the helmets so that we can remind the audience who, who whose face you're looking or at. Or not even wear them. <laughs> not even wear or, them. Right. The in the midst yeah. of like pandemonium occurring. Like, you know. So it, it just it was foolish. It just made the heroes look foolish. The writing went out the window. The, um, I like the fact that they brought back Modoc, because then it, it made that that last scene make sense in part one, where when he gets crushed into nothing, to to bring him back, I thought it was fun. But make mm. it's Modoc. The K stands for killing, man. This is not a joke of a character. He can look silly, but he's not silly. And then the fact that how, how does he get, redeem himself? Because Cassie Lang goes, "Stop being a dick." Okay, like come on, man. Yeah, it give was kind of give, give us that. give us something give us something meaty. I'm not asking for DC. I'm not asking for DC gritty, but I'm asking to, like take take this seriously, especially considering we're coming off the heels of five years where half the population was dusted. Right, right. I, you know, it's funny when I think of Quantum Mania, and I think of like you were talking about like parts that were probably not supposed to be funny, but were funny because of a failure in writing or directing. What performance is Michael Douglas doing in this film? I don't know what Hank Pym is in this film. He is completely ridiculous. Like he's completely unhinged, crazy ants. <laughs> he's just he's just yelling about ants. <laughs> he, he's like psycho. He wild. It's so funny because you had always seen him as this kind of like buttoned up, you know, uh he for he was running like helping run Shield and and you know he's he's got ties to the Starks, he's got ties to uh Peggy Carter, he's got ties to um basically like the early form of these Avengers. And then by the time you get to this film, he's full old man crazy. And he's just being cucked. He spends the whole it. movie being cucked. Oh, that's also true. He spent several parts of the movie. Well, being I, I was thinking that too. Like the guy's probably high on Viagra because he's finally got his wife back. Who she looks spectacular in the movie, but even oh, her character great. arc was just terrible. It was just okay. You're this hyper intelligent warrior woman that survived all these years in this in this unexplored realm, but you forget to tell us some details until the until the last minute. Oh, the whole movie was him, him. He's coming. Can someone ask her? Can someone ask her who she means specifically before we go any further? <laughs> Can someone just is... get that whole story? Eventually, she's like, "I'll tell you guys." <laughs> and I'm like, "What the fuck?" I don't understand what was just stopping them from just not hiring Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer in the first place and just making, you know, Paul Rudd, Hank, and making uh, Evangeline Lilly, Janet. Like, what 
what stop what is stopping what stopped you from doing everything that you wanted to do with these characters but not hiring these legacy actors and just giving right. them the proper characters yeah, I don't I, know. It's I, weird. When that first, when Ant Man for Part One came out, and I when they and they they announced that Paul Rudd was going to be the actor, but I don't think they announced who he was playing. I called that. Oh, he's he's Scott Lang. There's no way they're going to make him Hank Pym because. And now in retrospect, I do like the idea that they they built a legacy without showing us the legacy because then it allowed right. them to go back and tell old stories. Oh yeah. Like this guy created pin particles and that's why we have it back in the, in the fifties and sixties, which then led to Avengers Endgame that allowed them to time travel to find more pin particles. I liked that. There was all these little nip uh, uh, ideas of this universe was already growing even when we weren't seeing it. So I, I dug how they did that. It's just the fact that just like how George to me said, yeah, it, it, he went from being this composed, I, I exist in this world, I take it seriously, to, oh my god, let me, how do I pilot these this weird ship with these rubber hands? What is it? Isn't it like I save $3 on a pizza because I pin particle it smaller or something like that? Like, yeah. This guy is like a Nobel Prize winning, <laughs> winning scientist. It's absolutely bonkers. Um, uh, but, you know, every time I want to kick the MCU... Uh, DC just does something that makes me go, hmm, because in March, uh, we're moving on to March now, guys. We got a brand new show, something completely different than anything we've ever gotten before. A show named after a video game like that didn't make it confusing. Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights, in which we follow a fictional son of Bruce Wayne as he teams up with the sons and daughters of his rogues gallery to, I think, solve the mystery of Batman's murder. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I just know that once they named the son, some, a name I've never recognized before, I instantly checked out. I have not seen a lick of this show, but I know that even though it premiered in March, it was canceled by June. And uh, Gotham Knights never got to see the uh, sunrise, sunset on Gotham Knights. Um, did any of you guys catch any of it at all? Any, any bit of Gotham Knights? Well, no, I didn't Gotham I Knights. I played the game. I love no, the game. <laughs> Just a TV show. Did you did you did you pay for it or did you get it free on PlayStation Plus? No, I bought that. No, I pre-ordered that shit for the costumes. Oh my goodness! Oh, he grinded. Yeah, he grinded on 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 Gotham Knights. But the, yeah, no, the I TV love show... Gotham Knights. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, no, the TV show. No, I didn't watch it. No, I, I don't know any. Happens. I I I. I we when we were we were talking about it through the months that it was not months but through the time that it was in the sphere when we were able to talk in, in the group chat i have yeah. no interest in, in a batman son character that's completely made up from whole cloth that i know is going to be bad yeah the so uh, the premise is uh, in, the, in in the wake of bruce wayne's death his adopted son turner hayes forges an unlikely alliance with runaways Harper and Cullen Rowe and the criminal Duella when they're all framed for the murder by Gotham City uh, Police Department and District Attorney Harvey Dent. Okay, so it's an so it's an ACOB. It's an A, it's, it's an ACAB. It, <laughs> but now reading here, story. they introduce Cassie Carrie Kelly as Robin. And they do and they're doing court of owls. <laughs> they're just grabbing books. That's, that's they're just, just grabbing bad. books off the shelves and going, look at, we'll do look, a little of this, we'll do a little of that. Crazy, man. That's just crazy. Carrie Kelly, of all people? I mean, man. I don't get me wrong, but like... 
Yeah, random. I, yeah, that 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 sounds completely odd. The one thing I was excited about was to see my man Misha Collins come back because I loved him uh, as Castiel on Supernatural. So I was excited mm -hmm. to see him and to see his take on Two Face. Yeah, but we never even got we never even got to that part. I heard. I heard uh, by the, by the time his transformation, I think there might have been like a show, picture or something. Yeah, like but the nothing, show was nothing, like canceled yeah. by the time his transformation could even occur. Yeah, it lasted like fucking eight episodes, I think. It ended up finishing, so it, it did like the Swamp Thing of it all, where it pre premieres in March. It's announced that it's canceled in June, but the last episode airs in July. <laughs> so people knew it was canceled a month before the series actually oh, pushed yeah. out. Oh yeah, talk about a funeral. That uh, was a that was a funeral watch and, right there. Yeah, that, because again, I mean, uh, think about this. This this is also coming off the heels of Titans, which is like, wait a minute. Even even a comic book fan like myself, I sit there and go, so how does Titans tie into Gotham Knights? Is, is this are they are they continuing it, but they're just moving networks and they're giving it a, a cooler title, Gotham Knights? Nope, completely new territory. And they decided to go the Mortal Kombat route, and it's like, hey, we have eight thousand main characters to draw from. Let's give you Turner Hayes. Who? Yeah. Oh also. He was talking about like this being off the back of Titans. As somebody who started comic book click like right at like towards the beginning of when the Arrowverse started getting hype, this this show is on a laundry list of shows that I could just call the not Batman shows. Whether it's Batwoman, whether it's oh, Arrow, God, yeah. you know, whether it's Titans, whether it's um like I said Gotham Knights, so many shows that are like well. We know Batman. <laughs> we're friends with Batman, but we're not Batman. Uh, yeah, it, it got. It's it kind of even worse when the studio like brings to fruition a joke made in Teen Titans Go to the Movies, where you have Alfred the TV show. Oh yeah, that was like got Jesus Christ! Like yeah. we joked about this in a cartoon meant for kids. We we were supposed to. I think the no. car. I think the car has a show. Bat Wheels is a thing, <laughs> and that was a joke in that movie. The car, the movie, or whatever. Like, we're not supposed to be taking notes here. No, yeah, they were like, oh, these are great ideas. Uh, it's also, yeah, not so only is it not Batman, but it's also find a way to not give us the right kind of Robins. Yeah, always. I mean, I got eventually, nope, nope, still haven't got my Damien. I was going to say, I eventually got my, nope. I got a Red Hood that got me very upset because he was basically treated like a, like a lapdog by a way worse villain. At the time, I think it was Scarecrow. I can't remember I got exactly a five what was going on in that season. Pod, so. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what happened in that season. Um, but, yeah. And the, even though the sun set on Gotham Knights, the sun rose again on Superman and Lois in season three. Um, I was very hesitant. This show came out in March, and I want to say I finished it last, last month. <laughs> because it had recasted one of the sons of, of Clark Kent. Um, it's a hard one. That's why I haven't even started season three yet. I've only seen the first two seasons because it's hard to get past that that recasting. Yeah, uh, it took me a minute, but this was always my chicken soup for the soul. So right when I went back to it, now the first one I watched, I did watch with a drink in my hand. But I remember thinking like, I miss this universe, like the music, the people. You just get refamiliarized with everything. And yeah, the brother looks a bit different, but I mean, at this point, we have we had done it. You know, with Rhodey and everybody else under the bus. So, like, I he's not the main character. So, you learn real quickly. And Jordan's still there. So, you learn quickly to kind of uh, get as on. As long as my boy um, Jordan's still there. Yeah. 
I believe we have one more season left of Superman and Lois. It'll be coming out with season four, possibly next year. Conveniently ending right before we get a cinematic Superman <laughs> because they cannot have those two things going on at the same time. They hate that. A joke a long time ago that it's like you have like you have to have like a Superman movie like every like five years, like ten years or so. Like they're they're gonna do it. They're gonna to be try. A Superman movie. I think there was a Superman movie in every decade but the 90s, and the closest thing we got in the 90s was Steel. So, there's that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No. Well, I mean, That's Superman looks, adjacent, kind of, right? Comic book continuity. At least they want to go comic book continuity. And Superman dies in the 90s, and we get Steel with Shaq. Wait, yeah, that's, see, that, that's uh, a way to give it life. <laughs> did I you mean, see any of uh, Superman and Lois uh, be rogue? Um, by the time I got on your hype train, because you you know, with you were doing your your live watches on Twitch, of oh, it, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that. But then, you know, nowadays there's so much stuff to watch that yeah. when you hear that, oh, um, I'm gonna start watching something that's already buried, I just haven't that's wanted right. to give my time to it because there's so much there's so many things to watch that yeah, yeah, even yeah. though I know this is a good thing to to enjoy. I, I'm not going to give my time to something that's going poof, going going away. So yeah. I just honestly, I haven't. I've given it no time. I respect it. I love the fact that apparently Superman. I mean, because this character came from nowhere. He was birthed in the Supergirl show as a guest yeah. star, and he was so yeah. good in the role, which is hard to do. We all know to do Superman is a hard thing to do. This is this is probably the best. Like I can't say cinematic, but like live. This is probably the best live action Superman we've ever had. Yeah, like, and I, 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 I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Smallville guy. I'm a Smallville guy. So Tom <laughs> yeah. Welling, to me, as much as I love Christopher Reeve, that's my that, that that's who I always picture as Superman. But when Tom Welling has those ten years of Smallville, I, I absolutely loved it. But now seeing this this guy, who I apologize, his name might, it slips my tongue. Tyler right Hoechlin. They not exactly not exactly no, John no. Smith, but right. you know he looked good. He did a great job. There, the chemistry that he has with Lois is fantastic, but again, just to find that time to the get only into Superman with stubble, the only <laughs> Superman with a little bit of a beard. He didn't, he didn't figure out how to use his laser vision. He didn't figure out how to use his laser vision to to to, to shave. And he's intimidating when he gets mad when he when he breaks. Well, I think they do a good job. And, you know, you were just talking about you know having like I have Reeve. Reeve educated me as to what superman should be but then in the midst of from him to now there's just been a lot of ups and downs and people have kind of been picking and choosing what they want watching superman and lois i was like these are all the things i remember from the reeve stuff with a little paint of mo you know being modern in it and it doesn't come off as corny it doesn't come off as goody two shoes it doesn't come off as too old-fashioned and that's what kind of let me know that this can still work because i did really wonder about how people feel if you gauge the common person who doesn't read comics they do think that the superman character is boring because they don't realize that majority of his struggle is in his restraint which i think is an incredibly interesting uh, aspect of the character but that gets more fleshed out in a series like superman and lois where he's not only protecting the world but his world which is his wife and his kids um and that you know puts the whole thing exactly where it needs to be uh speaking of kids uh we saw all of our favorite shazam kids in shazam fury of the gods that came out in march 17th lucy lou rachel ziegler helen mirren helen mirren alex do you know who this we is oh, i you think he's speaking no, I saw it. I just did. These are not my uh, favorite kids. 
Oh, definitely no. not my favorite kid. You love Shazam One. Sir. I I adore Shazam One with all of my heart. This 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 was just a complete. They spit in my face and laughed like <laughs> Nelson on The Simpsons. Yeah, I I, agree I with don't you. understand. I, I, had, it. I had no I had no hopes for even the first Shazam. And by the time it was over, it was one of the few DC movies that I was telling people you need to watch. The first Shazam was so good. They captured it so right. It had heart. It had thrills. But it also had, like, you know, like, those emotional beats. Like, that movie made me cry. That movie legit made me actually, when his mother shuts the door in his face, like, it made me cry. Oh, that was messed up. Yeah, I remember that. So why did this one fall flat? It fell flat because it's, I don't know who, who it is to truly blame. Maybe there is no one to blame. Maybe it's just the natural order of, of life. But comic book movies started just getting try-hard funny. And it's not just one studio. It's not just one director. It's, it's a multitude. It's a, it's a spike. It's crazy how just Ant-Man 3, Shazam 2, The Flash, Thor Love and Thunder... You know, excluding Guardians of the Galaxy, because that's something it always was. Taking these properties that, yes, had comedic beats for brevity, were at one point serious products. These were serious stories. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it just became comedy for the sake of. No rhyme or reasons, no setup to the jokes, just punchline after punchline after punchline. To the point where it's literally a quote-unquote punchline. And I'm getting knocked out. There's a there's a moment. There's a moment where Lucy Lou, oh. no, when Lucy Lou <laughs> looks at the Gatorade and literally says the words, "What is this? What is Gatorade? Is it a weapon? What did we do yeah. to this? Like, how did we? What happened? To, what we somewhere along the line we lost the sauce. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I Lucy mean, Lucy Lou phoning it mm-hmm. in. When when I saw the very first trailer for this movie, I said, "Did I just watch a trailer for part one?" Because it just right. came across as if though, oh, we're just retreading. I mean, the the end of Shazam one shows us that he's accepted his role as Shazam. He's got his family um, and buying in on it. There, they got powers. He's got a team. But then in the very first trailer, he's sitting there like, "I don't know what to do with myself. I just don't yeah. believe in myself." Like, no, we 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 went through this arc already. In the whole entire first movie, and you're telling me from the from the beginning of part two, we're we're starting at part one still. What is going on? Because and now they're making more selfish. I, I guess, but then and then on top of that, like you said, they got Helen Mirren to mm-hmm. be in this movie. Helen Mirren. When they first announced her as as an actress in this, I said, "Oh, we're going dark side. She's going to be Granny Goodness. I can see her doing this." And then when that I see the trailer, she's like perfect. riding a dragon. With Lucy Liu and Rachel Ziegler, I'm I'm like, what 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 are we watching? What am I watching? You know, like how much did they bribe this woman to be in this movie with? Just hey, you want to show some to your grandkids that oh, they no, like? And you'll be riding a dragon. Doing? She thought she was doing Lord of the Rings. She thought she was doing the Hobbit people. She thought she was this, this is one of those Marvel movies I've always heard so much about. Uh, yeah, um, just <laughs> point well, over there and say and say you will never defeat me. <laughs> When you're, was, when you're was, stuck in a was this, studio, was this that Captain America movie? bloke? Oh yeah, sure. That's exactly what it is, ma'am. <laughs> and I'll stand on the X and look over there. Um, so <laughs> this movie was in the dirt for me when I got robbed, 
and you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You do Batman Begins. If Batman Begins was good, but how do you end Batman Begins? You end Batman Begins with Jim Gordon getting the card and saying there's some other guy out there. People are saying he's putting on face paint like he's some sort of clown. And this is his calling card. It's a Joker card. And you go, what? No wonder they didn't do Joker in the first one. They saved Joker for the second one. The first one was all world building. The second one is arch nemesis going at it. Shazam won. You know, like we gave the powers to one other person before you. Shazam won. Oh, I hope whoever it is that comes and sits in this chair next to us is nice. Shazam won. Showing literally the hologram of Black Adam destroying everybody. And then by Black Adam, the year before this, we're told, no, he doesn't want, Dwayne doesn't want to fight uh, Shazam. He wants to fight Superman. And from that moment, once it was confirmed to me that Black Adam wouldn't be in this film, the sequel, there's nobody to replace him. Not in the Shazam world. Not when that's thought to be the headliner. You know, and it was the, also The Rock. So you would have thought like his, his own star power, plus the character's star power, plus all the kids, plus Zachary Levi. That all could have worked. It all really could have worked. He could have been doing the bidding of these witches or goddesses or whatever the hell they were. But to drop the ball on that and have people now root for these characters to fight people that I wasn't very familiar with. I wasn't familiar with none of these goddesses. Um, you know, or being like core Shazam villains, stuff like that. My favorite part of Shazam Fury of the Gods is the post-credit. Because to me, if that post-credit is not a joke on the DCEU as a whole of Mr. Mind coming back <laughs> after being gone for at the amount of time between Shazam 1 and Shazam 2, at the end of Shazam 1, there's a post-credit where Mr. Mind comes to talk to Dr. Savannah and is like, we are going to you know, come together. We're going to plan something. And then he walks away. And <laughs> then you get the sequel. And he finally just comes back to Savannah. And Savannah's like, it's been years. My God, are we finally going to continue this arc? And the guy goes, wait a second. I have to go and get something else. <laughs> and the caterpillar just walks away again. No, none of those things are ever going to be fulfilled. They're never going to connect. We're never coming back to any of this stuff. And they, to me, they made a joke about that right there, playing his day. Um, and then have the nerve to try to connect this to Peacemaker in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> With the Peacemaker cameo at the end where, uh, you know, um, uh, Harcourt and Economos show up and talk to him about jo joining the um, Justice Society, I think, or whatever. Again, like two post credits that were never going to go anywhere. Um, I didn't particularly like Zachary Levi in this film as Shazam. It felt somehow like he became more childish, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> He's supposed to be the stoic nature, and you can only go so far with the oh, I'm five year old in a twenty, you know, uh, forty year old's body or whatever. Um, that joke only goes so far. Uh, it would have been cool to see some of his siblings mess around with that whole idea, but like you said, it, he builds this team, and then he's like, I need to do it by myself. <laughs> you know, and you're like, wait, what? I thought that's what the whole thing was about. And I gotta bring this up because this will be the last time we talk about odds are the last time we talk about Shazam in general. Uh, but I always knew this thing was doomed when they could literally not call the character by his name. <laughs> that should be like, you know, like rule number one. Can we call our character by its name in the film? If the answer to that is no, you're not gonna you're not gonna do well, man. I think at the remember at the end of Shazam 2, they asked the wizard, 
what's his superhero name? And then Wizard goes, Shazam. <laughs> and I'm like, it's been four hours. It's been four hours, bro. Yeah. Oh, Demon Hansu. I mean, it, The Rock's ego definitely killed what could have potentially been a franchise, as much as he yep. might say that's not the case. But <laughs> Black Adam and Shazam were hand hand. And not not a uh, not even even Superman showing up in the end of Shazam, the first one, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And then where the what? What? For nothing. They didn't. They didn't. They, they they did not know what to do with this character. They thought, oh, we're just going to get kids in the audience, I guess, because they right. were like, oh, it's it, it's kids, so we this, we want to make this a kids movie. And then a bunch of guys our age are sitting there going, no, no. Did, did you did you read any of the comics? Did you read any of these comics? No. And you, I knew this movie was doomed when the trailer had business. And oh, yeah, you hate Eminem. God damn. Let's get down to business. Let's get down. Well, punch, punch. Let's get down to business. Slams into a building. And I'm just like, what happened? We used to be a proper country. There's a reason why they <laughs> hooked those stranger kids up to a stranger things kids up to a treadmill and made them shoot (laughs) seasons back to back to back because you as you know b-roke as a father those years of being a teenager are tentative three year difference between like a 12 year old and a 15 year old happens like that and these films are four years apart four years apart and and that four years in release not even four years in filming so who knows when some of that earlier maybe that earlier stuff was filmed in 2018 for shazam one you know um and so the kids didn't all feel like the same kids like they looked obviously like the same kids but they couldn't play childish it's been a couple years now that was the whole whole plot that was terrible it's all the kids are now some of them are old enough to go away like they want to go to college they want to leave and shazam doesn't want to lose his team freddie doesn't want to lose his team or no, Billy. No, no, Freddie's trying to get. Freddie's trying to Wait, get. Wait, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it so bad in this one where I think what the older s- sister I think doesn't even change. No, no. She's she trying to go to college because she's trying to. No, have no. He's saying he's saying there's no pre-transformation version of the actress. Yeah, yeah. It's the same oh, actress no. for the <laughs> for the so Shazam no version of the first. And as Mary, yeah, she she gets to keep both. <laughs> Because they were like, we're gonna do get Helen Mirren to play her, play her Shazam self, and then yeah, of course. And then you have Rachel Zegler, who's like a thousand years old in character, you know, making out with a fifteen-year-old, which which they play as a joke in the movie. They drop a line about that, like yeah. Meanwhile, if that was the other way around, oh, forget about it. You see, oh, uh, Edward Cullen wasn't surviving it for for how long? Edward Cullen was. Let's not forget though. We got Wonder Woman in this film. <laughs> who? Oh, who? Okay, okay. I just have. I just have to say, I never thought I would have this in my entire life. I never thought that the 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 mere hearing the riff of the Wonder Woman theme song would make me roll my eyes and nearly vomit. What used to be a great theme song that would get me jumping up and down in the seat turned into oh my god, uh, is it really? And, and not only that. But we had Batman in the film too. Was Batman in Shazam? I know uh, Wonder. No, I think it's talking about Flash. I think it's talking about Flash. Oh, I think it's talking about Flash. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Wonder oh, Woman. Oh my uh, God! So that was two. So that was two that she did this year. Two. Yeah. I had to hear that damn. That was the joke. Story. That was the joke that she kept showing up at like the opportune time. But then when they would need her, need her, they can't find her for nothing. No, and then the worst part about the Shazam cameo was if you watch it carefully, she was never there. No. 
No, they never we share. Like, hey, gal, put on the outfit. Together. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna from you. the back. The most, no, the most you got was a shoulder, and you could tell that wasn't Zachary Levi. Yeah, that, that's and the whole idea up. was that because they were fighting the Greek gods, they used the Greek god to bring back Billy. She's like half god too. So I don't know if that counts for anything, yeah. but. Who knows? Like, hey, gal, hey, gal, when you're finished, uh, finished filming your little cameo scene in, in Fast and the Furious, because apparently you're immortal everywhere you go, just just right. throw in the Wonder Woman costume real quick and come film this real quick. And I hope when Giselle comes back, or if she has come back, and when she comes back again, uh, they play the Wonder Woman music anyway. She's going to wear a tiara. She's going to wear a tiara the whole, whole time. They should just play the Wonder Woman music when her character shows up. <laughs> Ridiculous. They're gonna be like, "Hey, Giselle, what's your car?" She's like, "I am my car." She's gonna start running. Does it? Like she's been in Wonder Woman eighty four. Yep. Cal, um, no. <laughs> it should be in her contract. Every movie, she has to say Cal, no, just for no reason. Cal, oh, no. I mean, like I said, it's got Shazam. Shazam two was was pretty rough, and it took a lot of potential and kind of just dumped it where it could. Speaking of a bunch of lost potential, only one month. One month. After Quantumania is released, we find out that Jonathan Majors has been arrested. On on March uh, 25th, um, Majors was arrested on assault, strangulation, and harassment charges stemming from a domestic dispute with his uh, girlfriend at the time, uh, Miss Jabari, uh, who sustained minor injuries to her head, neck, and was removed to an area hospital in stable condition, according to NYPD. He was released from custody that day, and his spokesperson denied the allegations, saying Majors has done nothing wrong. We look forward to clearing his name and clearing this up. Fast forward all the way to December 18th, 2023. Majors was found guilty of one count of reckless assault in the third degree and a charge of harassment as a violation. He was acquitted on another charge of assault and one of aggravated harassment. His sentencing is due for February 6th of this year, uh, where he could face some actual jail time. It also in April, uh, variety reported that more women had come forward saying, you know, you know, alleging abuse or just like really weird behavior from him in general, which didn't make things better. Uh, and yeah, perpetually from this arrest to about, Two-ish weeks ago, the is Jonathan Majors going to stay as can conversation has dominated uh, the MCU. Which is just terrible discourse. Like, like, yeah, it is. Like, it's, now's not the time. Now's not. And now they're talking about rumors of Coleman Domingo. Oh, recasting? Be, yeah, mm-hmm. from Euphoria. Yeah. So it's like, come on, guys. Now's, now is literally not the time. We <laughs> actually got to win for domestic violence. Well, but they've got to do something. They've got business to, to, you know, they've got business to take care of. It's, not even, do it's not even the studios that's talking about it. It's just the fans oh, yeah. completely yeah. ignoring, like, all of it just to say, damn, what's going to happen to Kang now? Like, if they don't even care. Yeah. There's there's a bit of that. I'll give you there a bit was of more, that. There was more vehement hatred towards Ezra Miller as a person than care for Flash than the reverse here, where there's no care for majors and all care for Kang. Yeah. Ooh, bringing up that double standard. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Ezra Ezra Miller was in the news almost every other month. It felt like <laughs> they kept yeah. burying him and burying him, and he would still get into some kind in of trouble. This poor, this poor uh, state. I was going to say country. This poor state. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, not to minimize what Jonathan uh, 
Jonathan Majors went through or what he did, but it, it does feel it just feels it feels just wasted. That's the biggest that I think that's what it is. Because he was the standout performance of Quantumania. He made you excited for it, even though he got defeated by ants. Uh, but you hey, know, Bim here Bims. here we are excited <laughs> to see where this character could go, especially once we get to Loki season two. He was he was great in Loki season two. Seeing how even how he, he who remains right Loki season one, which predates Quantum Mania. Yeah, we got yeah. our first taste of what what he can deliver to the MCU, and it was it was appetizing. It was appetizing. It's not only that; it's the domino effect of other people he screws. Because there was a movie that was supposed to come out last year in September called Magazine, Magazine Dreams. Dreams. Yep, and that got pushed because of the writer strike and, and actor strike. We get it, cool. But then when this all happens, they shelved. Everything that he was doing. He was supposed to be Frederick Douglass. Uh, Frederick Douglass biopic coming out this I think, year. I think the magazine Dreams thing was also Disney as well. So they were mm -hmm. like, mm, <laughs> you know, uh, we need to yeah. scrap this immediately. But yeah, when this happens, it is other people that end up paying the price for it. Um, I just wish pe could, people could behave. But again, if he was found guilty, that means they were victims. If they were victims, that means he did something wrong. And so thus he needs to face the consequences. And we'll come out of this okay, but everyone will remember this specific time period. Literally, well, he less than 40 days. He might his, uh, he'd get sentenced on the 6th of Fe February. Um, That's right. So, but yeah, literally 40 days. You know, 40-ish, 40, 40 45 days uh, from his blockbuster film debut uh with the mcu yeah because right, right around him. the same time right around the same time he was also the creed 3 villain yes where he, yep, where yep, he yep. killed it oh my god that's right creed was last year as well and that's yeah, why everybody that... was making those jokes clubber kang march 3rd yeah the so same time. two weeks after quantum mania yeah, yeah and he two weeks from it. creed he will be arrested three about three weeks from creed he'll end up being arrested yeah, you know, Bonkers and then also stuff, another movie that came out this year that didn't get the attention that it deserved, but he also did a great job with was Devotion. I heard yes. about that. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes, twenty the twenty twenty two Devotion. Uh, it's kind of weird because Devotion and Top Gun Maverick came out at the same time, so both had Glenn Powell. Is that another like air air movie, movie, airport movie? Not airport movie, but like uh, Air Force movie. Air, Air it movie, was a, yeah, it was a biopic it of these two guys that were legit friends until the day they died. Like they were best friends from like their twenties to the day they died. They met in the army, and this dude ah. was like, but he was like the best pilot of the time. But he was black, and it was very you know segregated and white dominated. But he was still like the the best fighter pilot in that corps. So like Majors had a crazy twenty twenty. He was going to have. A four-star 2023. He was going to have four big movies come out in 2023. And then he ruins it all by doing something so vile and stupid. But more vile than stupid. But still stupid. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no method to the madness, seemingly. Uh, it all does seem a bit crazy. And uh, a look. DC gave us a look into their version of crazy as one of the last things to happen that month. We officially got our first pick of Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn in Joker Foledu. 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 The entire French population is, is just. just they all turned off. Like, they they all, yeah, like, How dare you try to speak my language? <laughs> You're not making it any better. 
Yeah, right. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> Omelette fromage. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think? I mean, they, they, we kind of got our first glimpse of, uh, of our first Hardy Quinn since Margot. Uh, I got to believe Margot's going to be doing bigger and better things now that she's a billion-dollar woman or whatever whatever Barbie made. Uh, you know, she got to think that that's kind of raised her stakes uh, in the eyes of Warner Brothers. So we might be going in a whole other direction with that character in general. But we do have the classically trained Lady Gaga. Uh, have you seen this image, uh, B-Roke, with the red little jacket? And I, the- have, I have. I have. Uh, when it first came out, I mean, honestly, even the the announcement of a sequel to Joker felt like we're milking it, especially considering, yeah. to me, as good as that first Joker movie was, it led to the downfall of the DCEU because people were going, wait, I, I, I've seen this Matt Reeves Batman, the Batman, mm-hmm. now I'm getting this Joker in the midst of, isn't there an Aquaman overall movie coming out? Yeah, like, overall. Just, what's go- what is all, uh, everything's going on? And I literally Excuse just rewatched the Joker the movie walking phoenix and was like wow this is still holds up pretty well and i am excited considering the talent that lady gaga is you know we've seen what she can do and and Mm -hmm. how well she can get into a project so i believe that this is going to be a good movie she looks great he looks great i just hope they don't sink themselves by trying to outdo themselves by doing something very weird you well, I think walking. James Gunn confirmed that all of this stuff is going to be its own, like, respected universe. He's taking, like, steps from the MCU where, you know, Sony and, and Fox is, that's still all continuity of of its own universe within the reality of Marvel movies. So, like, we're going to have the Elseworlds and, and the just like, not just like Dark, but you know what I mean? Like, we're going to have all of that on top of James Gunn's own little universe. My only issue really with this movie is that it's a musical now i don't hate musicals i love musical i just watched singing in the rain the other day like i i enjoy musicals but something about joker and harley in like the peak <laughs> of their relationship this isn't like where we got it with david Ayer, where we saw their downfall of their relationship and it's harley on her own this is supposed to be the inception the meeting like we're gonna be getting that in a musical right. form I, and how much I, of that I, is going to be the romanticization of the of their really kind of jacked up abusive relationship? And I almost want to give them respect for that. I almost want to give them respect for that because they're kind of taking something that is very turmoilish and very dark and like dangerous to certain like you know impressionable minds, and they're kind of making it stupid. I, I can't it see this film not being stupid. <laughs> I will say to your point about the Else Worlds, you're right. They, you know, they will, are going to still continue the world of the Batman. The Penguin is coming out, I, its own television series on Max that's going to be taking place in the Batman's universe. And then we were just talking about Joker taking place in its own Joker stuff. My issue is my mother doesn't know what an Else Worlds is. You know what I'm saying? My uncle, he won't know why there's three different Batman. Oh, I'm <laughs> <out and> about. <laughs> getting questions. Last month, my my mother and my stepfather are watching The Flash. And they paused it because I came over to visit and they were just asking me loads of questions. <laughs> and I just didn't know how to just honestly answer them without either confusing them more or just disappointing them. And that, Tell and them that to me is where that what what devalues these movies and doesn't get them the box office draw that they want because people are saying that does this matter? Will I care? Where does this land with everything? I love that the there, are still, people, there that are still is- people there are still people who can't distinguish within DC and a Marvel movie. 
That is true. The only thing I could say on that is when I went to go see Blue Beetle, I saw it in theaters, and it kind of was a packed house. Mostly, I'm, I'm going to assume, but I don't want to, people that have no idea what they're watching, they're just, they probably saw a commercial and thought, oh, that looks cool. But I was sitting next to this old man who had to be anywhere near from like late 50s to early 70s. And he was enjoying himself, like genuinely. And I was actually feeling warm just watching like out of the corner of my eye, this guy either laugh or get excited or get teared up at the moment. So I'm just like, you know, this is what it should be. But there's so much like pressure to establish things. When, when you know, the MCU, like we were saying earlier, had blueprints, if that, in 2008. Yeah. And just tried to be fun and just, you know, be. There's no other way to say a lot it. Of why, that's why a lot of why Iron Man works is because it, it's a lot of it's funny. <laughs> a lot of it's funny and makes the, the situation enjoyable. And then they'll get into it with the, you know, um, arc reactor and all that weirdy comic book science stuff. But it's it ultimately fun. It's quotable. You know, um, I Get used to, yeah, I used to make, I used to make merch based on some of the really deep kind of cool quotes coming out of these films in the last couple haven't really had anything that hooked me, uh, as far as where, what its mission statement is or any of that kind of stuff. It, uh, it's really rough when you go back looking at it. Um, in April, we have uh, Victoria Alonso who receives a settlement from Disney after being fired. She was fired from her role as VFX and post-production president at Marvel Studios. She was fired for breach of contract after violating her non-compete clause by serving as a producer on the Amazon Studios films, uh, film Argentina 1985, despite having failed to seek permission to work on the film and continuing to promote it even after being ordered to Disney by Disney to seize her involvement with the project. At the time That's of her fire... Not to cut you off on that, but it's kind of crazy because that movie, Argentina 1985... Mm was actually up for Oscars for because it's a 2022 movie it was it was (laughs) it was getting Oscar buzz and like award season buzz I haven't seen it yet but I know that that movie was like highly regarded right uh, at the time of her firing, criticism from VFX workers were noted who had raised complaints of Marvel's demanding post-production schedule. This was all that came out about crunch and how many VFX artists were being used and abused for these projects. Um, Alonzo was described by some as a kingmaker with Chris Lee at Vulture reporting that Alonzo was, and I quote, singularly responsible for Marvel's toxic work environment. That's a big allegation there to have. Um, however, Alonzo was also described as the epitome of professional and supportive on set with Joanna Robinson of The Ringer describing the reports as a gross mischaracterization on the opposite of Alonzo's work. Regardless, Disney and Alonzo reached a multi-million dollar compensation settlement for her in April. So she got the bag. They must have did something wrong, right? If they if they had to pay her ass. <laughs> uh you know it's a wrongful termination or whatever um but yeah i remember a lot of people pointing at her as to the reason why things like uh emma and the wasp had were perceived to be rushed vfx um uh, love and thunder stuff like that remember how people were talking about those films secret invasion which we'll get into in a bit <laughs> you oh know? my god and it was and it was such a problem because i didn't see thor and ant-man in theaters i just i just didn't care it just mm. I, I didn't need to but i saw all of what happened on twitter it getting raked through the coals with all of its vfx some claiming that this is the worst vfx in the history of movies for a movie that has a budget of 300 million 
Like a movie right. with a budget of 300 million should not have that big floating head in Thor. Right. You expect more. And you got to think that stuff like COVID and like I said, all that stuff really uh, has an effect on these films. Um, but I could see also if you're worried about quality control with the visual effects, well, getting rid of the visual effects president of post-production um, might change the overall flow of how thing, the culture works over there when it comes to visual effects. Uh, so we were like, okay, brand new start. Let's, let's just try this out. And on the second day of the month after this, the writers officially go on strike, uh, which starts off in a very interesting year for us over here, people who cover projects that come out. Because, the craziest uh, three seasons, yeah. the craziest three-fourths of a year I've personally ever experienced in my life following the world of movies. Because I was only 14 for the writer strike back in 2008. Yeah, I had no idea what was happening. I didn't understand quality of TV. I didn't understand that seasons were either being canceled or like shows were going down, like Heroes, Lost, The Office. I didn't understand any of that. Now, being able to see it as a grown adult and like following the world of wow, this was just this was calamity. This entire last year, yeah, there's so I, much I, good, I, I so agree. much bad. This. And you, I'm happy you brought up 2014 because it goes to show how how much short term memory loss I guess people have. In right. that 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 strike killed, like you you mentioned heroes, you mentioned Lo almost killed Lost, but to me completely derailed Lost and a plethora of other shows that probably even I have forgotten now and the world has yeah. forgotten now because people took for granted. The real people, I, I'm sorry to say this, people aren't going to want to hear this. This might affect certain things, but we, as much as we love our actors and we put them on these pedestals and we want to see their faces, you they, they, you go nowhere without good, without a good uh, written characters, good written uh, plots. And nowadays, people expect good VFX, not just mm -hmm. mediocre. We, we nobody nobody wants. Well, a TV level graphic. We are thirty years into CGI. What was it? The, um, Toy Story was the birth of computer graphics generation. We're thirty years into CGI. Pick up the pace, guys. Three hundred million dollar budget, and you expect people to go to see this and see it again and again and pay their money. Inflation is up. Tickets aren't ten dollars no more. No, far right. from it. And and what what kills me on it is. I thought it was very convenient how, okay, the writers went on strike and mm -hmm. then quickly the actors went on strike behind them as a way yeah. to say, okay, I get how they go. Okay, good. They know, okay, without a good script, I'm nobody. I can, mm -hmm. I can make a good script great, but a bad script I, I can't do anything with. You know, I can only, I can only do as, you know, they say Christopher Lee had a great line, right? I, I can be great in a bad movie, but how many, how many people can tell me they know all the movies Christopher Lee played in because even even as great as he was right. in that movie the movie was still terrible doesn't mean so they went you to need go see a good it, yeah. script you need a good script you need a, a good solid premise to me being controversial I get it the actors if they really want to stand with the writers if they really want to stand with those creative geniuses stop stop expecting these 25 30 30 50 million dollar deals because that's yeah. where the, I guarantee you right the budgets the budgets for these movies these 300 million dollar movies I guarantee you much of that is going to... No, it's it's getting ridiculous at this point. Like, like 
a hundred you do not need a hundred million dollars to be in a movie for what would amount to like thirty minutes of screen time. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's the, the, you heard crazy things like I want to say, um, even back when they did, was it No Way Home or Far From Home, or whatever, that they paid RDJ like a couple of million to <laughs> be in a couple of like CGI shots and stuff like that. Um, it, it's it's he, getting there. He's so he's so expensive now that they didn't even bother trying to get him to play the voice of Tony Stark in the What If <laughs> no. season. Meanwhile, <laughs> no. look, we, they got they got they got almost every other actor to come back and do their voices. But RDJ, they probably just to make a phone call of him. I'll I'll zoom it in. No, no, man, that's like. Fifty billion dollars, probably, to have you do that, and it's 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 ridiculous. It, yeah. It's it makes you don't need all this money. As, as much as I need, as much as I love hearing like those those voices and seeing those faces, it's if you're if you know you your your single pocket is jeopardizing this film project, stop, mm -hmm. pull it back, pull it back. You know, and especially considering how many of these actors were grown up in the MCU. I love Chris right. Evans. I love Chris Hemsworth. But do those guys need to be making as much money as they do if it jeopardizes the project? Probably right. not. Probably Should they not. be getting full creative control because you can't get writers that <laughs> you don't want to pay writers to do the to do the real job? You know, I'm pretty sure they could have used the writer on uh, Love and Thunder, man. <laughs> and then there was then there's been this insurge of, and I swear no one can convince me otherwise, AI scripts. Yeah. AI scripts. Ghosted. That. With Ana de Armas and Chris Chris Evans, you can put a gun to my head and let me hear the barrel cock. I will still swear on the Holy Bible that movie is AI made. And I mean, top to bottom, I still that's call not it a really fake movie. acting. That's not them acting. That's CGI. That's deep fake. I call that's it a fake movie. You talking, about that, you talking about that spy movie they made on Apple or whatever? Yeah, yeah. where Chris... Where, where all Chris the posters Evans. look fake and all the, <laughs> all the trailers look kind of... Yeah, yeah. No, that movie um, was AI made. Because it was made, it and it got released during the middle of the strike. How convenient! A lot of these AI-looking movies get released in the middle of the strike that you don't even hear about. You don't even hear, "Oh, Ana de Armas and Chris Evans are going to be in a movie together." No, it's just Apple TV's new movie, Ghosted. Well, okay. Yeah, a month after uh, the writer strike, Secret Invasion drops, and their credits are AI. That caused a bunch of that caused a bunch of discussion over you know it's like we can't pay our our writers right now the actors haven't gone on strike yet but uh seemingly we're not paying our VFX artists either if we're, if we're using AI for our credit sequences um it, good thing though that even though when the writer strike went on James Gunn had already finished writing the end to his trilogy Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three Guardians of the Galaxy Three comes out on May fifth um. I liked the film. I, I'm a huge fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy as depicted in the MCU. Made me a bigger fan of Gunn. I will say I haven't seen this film in quite some time. And I think it's because when I think about it, I think about it being sad. <laughs> and so I don't necessarily have a rush uh, to go in and watch it. That doesn't mean I didn't like it, though. And I think in retrospect, when you look back at all the comic book films that we received this year, it's it's up uh, near the top. What do you say, B-Rook? Oh... I, I remember enjoying it for the most part, but I think I think we covered it briefly. Yeah. And for me, it's it's fake. They're fake animals, so I had no issue with watching <laughs> the sadness of yeah. the animals. I just you're I'm getting cold stocking this year. I'm sorry. Well, I'm getting cold my stocking. Yeah. I mean, I loved the the character arc of of Rocket. I mean, he's to me one of the selling points of the franchise. 
yeah. going back to even my initial comment about how James Gunn made us care about a talking uh, uh, raccoon. I cared about this talking raccoon since uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning did their Guardians of the Galaxy run with Annihilation going into Guardians of the Galaxy. I got to give my, my props to my comic book writers because, again, writers are where it's at. Mm-hmm. But this movie, yeah, I, I know everybody for the most part loved it. I think it's the only MCU project that made close to a billion dollars this year, or did it go over a billion? I think it was the most profitable. I want to say it was, it was like, the most uh, profitable. I don't know if it went I over a billion, like but seven hundred million. Like it, it's it. I remember when I, cause I was going through the numbers this whole summer because I wanted to see Oppenheimer hit that billion. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was like the fourth highest grossing movie of the year. It was like okay. Mario, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Guardians across the Spider Verse. Those were like right, like the big movies of the summer. And yeah, it made eight hundred and forty-five million dollars. Yep, yep, almost nine hundred million. I do, I do want to give it a rewatch. I haven't given it a rewatch myself, but at the same time, I haven't done so because, like I said earlier, there's been so much to watch. And as well, you said it was because it was sad. I say on a whole, it was boring. I was very bored. Interesting. You know, as as because one coming off the heels, it, as the the villain was generic. I know everybody likes talks about how the high evolutionary to me is not this cackling madman. He he started off very just scientific and even-minded and then once he starts yelling because the creatures are not acting the way he expects it to and he just wanted to come off as like a cruella Deville kind of villain i was yeah i got very bored i said no a more stoic like sinister kind of yes yes this is a cold calculating person who to me who looks at things and goes yeah i'm killing it not because i don't like it or because i see it less than myself it's because it just doesn't fit this is not this is not where we're going so next you know, so I wish they would have played him more that way. This, like, like a Thanos almost, where it's like I'm not doing this because I feel it's right or wrong. It's just, it's just necessity. And they, they to me, they failed to do that. The action sequences were okay. I've seen this. I, I've seen this. So the, the the only thing I thought was 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 beautifully done was the the acceptance of star lord accepting that hey gamora is alive but it's not my gamora and i have to learn to accept that i thought that was a a beautiful send-off of it not killing characters and less letting their stories continue to play out and i do want to see star lord come back and put him in the capacity of even put him on the avengers team somehow since he's on earth now do something with him but on the on the whole the guardians three i dug it i'm happy that it it's told its story but for me it was it was it was boring. Uh, see, I'm on the total opposite, man. I saw that movie three times in theaters, all in the same week, and I just kept going back and back and back. I was being invited. I was going. I loved this movie. I loved everything about this movie. And George can confirm this: that what I have personally, myself, not society, not everybody, but me, what I've personally been starved of, like a man in a le- in a desert, is villains just being villains but not villains just being villains villains reveling in the fact that they're villains i have not gotten myself a mustache twirling villain in any form of media in a very very long time every villain every antagonist that i've gotten in movies and tv for the last some odd years maybe a decade now has all been these sympathetic i can find a way to side with you you know it's kind of gray area here we joker heath ledger's joker was the last villain that i got that was a mustache twirling villain and then all of a sudden just these 
just sympathetic villains. And then when I finally got the high evolutionary that was literally set in creatures on fire because it wasn't the right calculation, I'm just like, yes, give me it. I'm in my sweet spot. It may be animals, but this dude was catching bodies. He destroyed a planet. He destroyed a planet because the experiment went bad. No, and I and I totally dig that. I just didn't need him going yelling and screaming, you you ugly creatures. <laughs> oh no. I just I just but, didn't need that. Because you can still you know, do that just, coldly. You can still be a cold, evil cr villain and still be, be unsympathetic. I don't expect this person to be sympathetic at all. But he doesn't need to be a cackling villain. Because right? high evolutionary just is not that. He's, well, see, that's not. I don't I don't know. I don't have any like history with the high evolutionary in comics. But I've seen his design. And he definitely looks like someone that like speaks in like a robotic, like, I will tear you apart type voice. But quick, here, oh uh, wait, a quick, quick, quick tangent. So let, let's see if we we can find a middle ground here. You, you and I saw poor things. I know that. Yes. High evolutionary is much like Godwin in okay. poor things. All right, all right. Now, how interesting a villain would he be? Just this, just this weird asexual genius. Like, yeah. <laughs> but he is not that he's he doesn't is not about caring on caring. It's about science. That's it. And then he ends up being Mark Ruffalo's performance. So <laughs> I, I I get it. I totally get it. It's just it's so it's a funny like opposite end of the spectrum from just seeing him a year prior as like the stoic deadpan dude in Peacemaker to then now this dude is wearing all purple and like emoting with his shoulders. Like it was just everything about that movie was perfect. And Another big cry moment in theaters. They decided to do the Deadpool 2 again. And I'm a sucker for that Deadpool <laughs> 2 ending. So when they did it again, I'm just like, God damn it, just let this guy die. Obviously, he wants to go. Just let him go play catch with his friends. But obviously, he has his found family that he has to take care of. and so it's, it, He's got more it purpose was, here on this earth. It was such a beautiful sneak that the entire time, this entire trilogy was actually about Rocket. Yeah, I I am in the middle of both of you guys, as I stated before. Um, my favorite Guardians of the Galaxy character in the MCU is Star-Lord. I think the movie that best suits him is possibly the first one. Second one obviously has a bunch of emotion in it. Um, but the, I don't really feel like he had a lot to do in this third one besides being hung up on Gamora. Um uh i think they in my opinion completely dropped the ball on drax um i i always thought his humor should be ironic i didn't think he should be dumb if that makes any sense i think he should say things that an alien says because he's an alien he's from another planet his culture is different but there was times where like they made him dumb like the, he didn't understand what, like what danger was or what you know and at those points i'm just like What's going on here? And it seemed like Batista was doing something out, like doing another role, and kind of puffed up a bit uh, for for whatever reason, and then had to play like a more puffed up version of Drax, and thus had to be covered completely from neck to to wrist for the majority of the film. Which I also felt took a little bit away from that character. Oh, and I'm sorry not to cut you off, Don, but I got to say this uh, to show you how they wasted it that we haven't even mentioned it—a complete waste of Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. That crazy one. on you intro is pretty cool though. 
But that's all there is. crazy on you and he's first flying in? I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, Will Porter was doing his thing, but once again, it's what I was saying with the... We're just being comedic with no setup, no punchline, no rhyme or reason. It's just, here's a funny joke, here's a funny joke. The only reason why I excuse this movie is because I truly feel in a subtle but not so subtle way, this kind of was James Gunn's F you to the MCU. Like, he's literally just doing what Star-Lord did with the Doctor Strange portal. He's just putting a bomb on your back, flipping you off, and jumping right through to the DC universe. Well, I can see that, especially considering like, they put him through, where that in- they initially fired him. He then goes to sign up on Suicide Squad. Thankfully, the actors get behind him. They reel him back in, and he's like, fine, I'm going to come back, but I'm going to show you what you're missing. And who knows, This this in, in a year and a half or so, we might be finding out that this dude is now making the DCEU the talk of the town on top of the corpse of the MCU if they don't pull it together. Right. Yeah. And, like, he has the recipe, or at least a successful recipe, maybe the only one left with one, and he took it with him. <laughs> so <laughs> probably it, it'll be very I'm interesting my ball to see. going home. I mean, and to be fair, they keep him at home. He's just he. What are you doing? Is he he's hopping the basketball and switching sports? And he's going to baseball. They kicked his ass out. They kicked his ass out. And um, there was a lot of this writing that was like that. But yeah, great movie. Yeah. I loved it. One of my favorite MCUs. It's one of my top twenty of the year, like in general for movies. It's like like sixteen. Uh, I'll batch these up in in their various months, but Titans would have his last episode in uh in May. Um, we end up getting the last episodes of things like Doom Patrol. Um, I feel like there was one other one, but basically we started to close our door on the entirety of. Yeah, the flash uh, ends, so there goes the CW, DC. But more specifically, the, the, the uh, DC Universe slash HBO Max shows start to phase out. The um, the Doom Patrols, the uh, Stargirl. Girl ended the, C- oh the year God, before in yeah. 2022. Um, and that's because we finally get Max, the HBO... Sorry, the uh, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery app, the combination of both <laughs> Warner Brothers and Discovery, uh, to just be Max. So that debuts on the 23rd of May. And like we were just stating, The Flash, the the final Arrowverse show, because they established that Superman and Lois doesn't take place in the same universe as The Flash post-crisis. Uh, so The Flash is the very last person to turn the lights off in the restaurant that is the Arrowverse. And um, that was that was the end of an era. I heard an end of a huge era that involved so many actors and so many episodes. Each one of those seasons were twenty three episodes <laughs> apiece. Flash did nine seasons. Arrow did eight. Supergirl, I want to say, was on six or seven. Uh, a lot was done there. Sunrise and the Sunset. Even um, what's it called? Didn't Le- Legends of Tomorrow get like five seasons? I wouldn't be surprised. I would say about five seasons, yeah. And they and talk about dealing with characters. Legends of Tomorrow dealt with an arsenal of characters. Yep, and I saw out of love after season one. That first season was too was too great, and then everything else was just like, yeah, yeah. I missed Snart a bit, but um, I I'll be hyperbolic because I'm very hype. I'm very I'm not very hyperbolic at all. But I'll be hyperbolic in this moment and say we'll never get something like that again. <laughs> and no, not on the DC you. side. I agree with you, and and honestly, I, I think it's going to be a couple of years before people really appreciate what they had. 
Because as much yeah. as Splash just went maybe a little bit too long and even Arrow went too long, what they did with those shows to get it to the point where they did Crisis, mm-hmm. something that I don't, I honestly, I unless James Gunn does a wonderful, wonderful job, I don't even see him getting his DC projects to that to that level. Yeah, and it's, even with right now, I, I, everything is multiverse. Everything is multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. The well, so we're in, we're in the multiverse saga here, right? Mm-hmm. Crisis of the Infinite Earths was somebody correct me if I'm wrong. To me, the first time they'd ever done something. I was like thinking that. about that in my head too. I was trying to date. I was trying to see. I think Crisis on Infinite Earth because I was like what Decemberish I think around like December so twenty twenty or something like it was a no but he means the comic in general this would be nineteen comics in general yeah this is what eighty six yeah the DC had explored the idea of the multiverse it had said that there was an Earth two where certain where the older heroes that had first been established the Jay Garricks the uh, uh the original Sandman Wesley Dobbs stuff like that like the older sort of noir heroes. They were like, oh no, all those guys still existed, but they exist on another Earth. And then on occasion, they would meet like, oh, this Batman from whatever met this Batman. But this idea that all like a multiversal crossover where characters would will interact and clash, that was first established with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, and then they would, I don't even know when Marvel would be the next. Their big crossover was... Um, the one with the toys. Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Right. Yeah. And, and that was still one universe. That wasn't That was still one universe, but just taking everybody and slapping them on a planet. You just That's just crossover comics. That's not even like crossover universe. So yeah, DC was doing things others weren't doing. This is there. Right. We were talking about, I, I believe me and B-Roke, I can't remember what we were filming uh, uh, or talking about, but I kept saying like DC could have gotten to this first because they or the ones who started it first <laughs> you know dc does dr fate and everyone was like this is dr strange ripoff and it's like dr fate no. <laughs> predates dr strange by like 20 years <laughs> yep. you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. the helmet of naboo and all that kind of stuff but because they couldn't tell their story first they always seem like they're catching up they always seem like they're behind and um th- this was this was the case here but for the first time in television before we got to Spider-Verse and all the other kind of stuff, I, I'll never forget Barry Allen pulling in the whiteboard and making the circles and going, this is Earth 1, and over here on a different vibration, this is Earth 2. And it could be slight differences between the two, but these are coinciding Earths that exist at the same time. I remember, you know, that, like you were talking about, like the Supergirl and Arrow crossovers. I'm watching my show at, at 8, but at 9, that same character is going to pop up on the next show that I watch with a completely different cast, a completely different, you know, structure, all of that. Like I said, I, I don't think we'll ever see something like that again because it started it kind of like it has a happy accident through the success of Arrow, through the success of The Flash, through the success of It was of also Supergirl. a great way to merge Supergirl you know? over seamlessly going from NBC to CW without a passing yeah. glance. Another world. <laughs> she was literally, on, literally. She was on the NBC, uh, NBC universe. Yeah, um, there was yeah something, that's what I'm saying. Special so all, about all that, that stuff was so experimental, so creative, and now it yeah. feels like everything is just so narrow. Like oh you got you got you got to stay within this lane and you can only do this you only only do this so that's why I, I applaud what they did there and it's gonna be sad it's gonna be a long time before somebody has the gall to do something like this again yeah yeah um, speaking of multiversal stuff 
on June 2nd, we get one of the highly anticipated uh, sequels to come out. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, this Another one film, I saw in theaters like three times. I've seen this movie exactly five times last year. Like, it's perfect. I've seen it a lot of times, and I know that this was one of those films that had humongous shoes to fill. I cannot overstate how much I was floored by what Into the Spider-Verse was, mostly because I had low expectations like low expectations i'm fine with watching an animated film and being entertained there's nothing wrong with that but i did not expect to get what i got from that from into um and it took me a while to wrap my mind around across because across is different than into in a lot of ways um and it took me it took a while for my for me to push my expectations back and just absorb the story that they're trying to tell me instead of trying to find the beats that I remember and that I was excited about. Um, now, after copious rewatches, and I always dug it, I just didn't understand what my enjoyment was of it, if that makes any sense. And in trying to dive deeper into it, um, and I had this conversation with Dan off air, uh, it, it it's a perfect sequel in the sense that like it raises the stakes way past where yeah. part one is when you go part watch part one right now it seems kind of quaint it seems kind of you know it's like okay everyone's on those super innocuous compared we're just to stopping sequel. kingpin you know we're just gonna stop kingpin once we stop kingpin it's all you know it's all thing and like to go from that to miguel to the spider society to spot literally destroying things to the miles reveal that he's from another earth <laughs> like all of that stuff crumbling at the same time plus all the heart with rio and the conversation she has with her son um, is one of the things I'm going to remember about that film and about this franchise forever. This idea that you're always in such a rush to leave the nest. and But parents know that once you do, they cannot protect you from everything else that's out there. And all they can do is hope that you listen, you've listened to them long enough to understand the dangers. Because when you go out into that real world, you're going to get some scrapes and some scratches. And they got to believe that they gave you the tools to survive. And that's exactly what happens with miles in this right miles um is in a rush to leave his house i just i just want to go i want to go with my friends i want to go uh join the spider society and two hours later they're chasing his ass down <laughs> to whoop on no, him, and that's, what's, that's what's they're, beautiful about this is like they did spider-man right not just like with the characterization like you know the not just the man under the mask or the man the costume itself but they did the escalation of what Spider-Man always should have been in the live-action movies. Not like Tom Holland immediately got thrown into Civil War, and then got thrown into like you know Infinity War. Yeah, and he never got a chance to be a street-level, low-level crime fighter, except one time, one movie, and even then, it was overshadowed by the presence of RDJ. Yeah. And and oh, can't forget Michael Keaton's coming back to play a a, a bird character for the third time in his career. All right. So, what what this movie managed to do is this movie managed to give you a legit street level Spider Man first, show you the rope, show you the ins and outs, mentorship, and then drop you in a dime into the the big one. And yeah. and. What I loved about this a lot, too, is what we were talking about with Shazam 2, where it's, oh, we're just retreading the first one again, and we have nothing to say. This movie's retreading the first, with Miles not knowing how to be Spider-Man, and what is Spider-Man, and his courage, and his confidence. But now it's more so self, self-actualization self of Miles, not even just self-actualization of Spider-Man. 
in that first right. one he was trying to figure out how to be spider-man and this one with just one quote nah i'm gonna do my own thing he's figuring he out how to spider-man be miles yeah no, he, he is spider-man he, he doesn't spider need to he, he doesn't need to be anybody else to be that and it, it's a it's a terrific it's a terrific uh lesson because i like like you were just saying i believe you start that film going why won't they just accept him why won't why can't he just hang out with everybody why do they want to be in this way and you you like miles are almost desperately just wanting that acceptance can the universe just accept miles as spider-man already a very meta <laughs> a very meta reaction to have given his reaction in comic books etc and so forth and by the end of it you don't care about anyone's approval you are spider-man bro you know what screw all those guys go you back got home. Two, three game you know. appearances three game appearances yeah. two movies you, you got a live orchestra concert touring you are spider-man mr morales yeah how have your feelings changed, Baroque, on this film? No, this this movie. Oof! Uh, the more I rewatched it, the more I appreciated. Much like you, the the first time I watched it, it, it it was almost like you said. The first movie was game changing, and then to come into this movie, and it was just like, how are they going to up the ante while also telling a new story while still appreciating the first movie? Because and they did, they did to uh, all these new voices. All these new worlds, even even from the beginning of the movie, I love how it opens. Where if you're paying attention, you're like, wait a minute, we're in we're in, we're in Gwen's universe because just because of the the art looks different. Like, okay, I'm not looking at the same movie that from yeah. the first one. Now I'm I'm getting a different and giving all these perfect. Oh, even the soundtrack was different. It was a lot more yeah. percussive, oh. a lot more yes. hard. Like very, like very different. It was grabbing very. your attention with that. Very very much so. Very much so. So now with this movie exploring how because in, in the beginning of the movie he's very comfortable being spider-man yeah if you remember he he roll he rolls up into the the bodega to deal with spot like nothing like yeah, yeah i'm, I'm spider-man yeah what are you doing over here like even though this guy is literally his body is is in two different places at once and and the the jamaican store owner is in the floor with the atm right. somewhere else he's looking at it like another day in the park which is very spider-man so he's mm -hmm. acting like Spider-Man, but he's quickly thrown into, whoa, my universe, multiverse. Oh, it turns out I'm an accident? Oh, come on. And the way he- On top of having to balance Miles, which is right. perfect Peter Parker-esque type. Right. It's, it's brilliant. Right. So no, this this was a perfect sequel in a time when they, they nowadays we can, we can barely get part ones off the ground. To see a perfect sequel, yeah. the only thing that talk about what we talked about earlier with the VSX, VFX artists, how long is it going to take now to get part three? Yeah, they did say that these guys were on crunch. They did kind of exhaust these guys in this. Um, and Beyond the Spider-Verse has been indefinitely delayed. Uh, we don't actually have a release for it right now. It was supposed to come out even, the, I don't the year I haven't after. even heard about them starting production on it. Right, and that was it's also just the word indefinitely, the you know. If they yeah, said delayed, I would have no problem. It's just yeah. using that word indefinitely, indefinitely delayed. What, what, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? Well, it, goes back, it goes back to all the good and bad of the world in the sense that, like, I want this film to exist, but it shouldn't exist breaking the backs of those who made it to no, the point right, where they were miserable. You know, right. so, it, it, you know, Especially it goes. With, with, with this movie, the more and more I watch it and you, and you find those little Easter eggs. Every second. Every, every second. second. Every little every little box every little even eight, i was when i was watching just the other day with my son i'm sitting there going man he, he, every panel 
you have to pause and there's 50 easter eggs especially when they're just running through the the spider hub society world, yeah. and you're sitting there i'm even i'm sitting there going i, I can't quickly identify all these spider-man even though i've probably read the stories of at least 60 70 percent of these characters it's so fast i can't keep up i can't keep up with it so you have to slow it down and that's what makes rewatching it so much fun and, no, I, I, was and because you of that, that. I want the vfx people oh you got, just give me a date four years i'm there i'm <laughs> right. there just just tell me don't give me like you dan said don't give me that indefinite crap tell me it's definitely coming out 2027 it's in my calendar yeah I, I could see that, and like uh, what I've always loved about that film is that um, it, it became it, the, its style was its substance. Some people say style over substance. This the unique styles that it took from here brought more to the story. I specifically remember watching the film for the first time, and that moment where Gwen hugs her father, and the color comes out, like the love comes out of both of them. I was like, what a beautiful artistic choice. That they don't explain, they don't right. They don't have to sit there and be like, "Well, that's not actually happening." It's just you know how it, how it's felt at the time or whatever. Um, but that's like the beauty that, of watercolors. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to explain watercolors. It's just dripping. Yeah, just feel, just feel what the image is supposed to make you feel, and they they really went hard on that. Um, and yeah, they they did their best with special effects, but sometimes you may want bad special effects on purpose. Sometimes you go out of your way to excuse your bad special effects by saying they were done on purpose. Or at least secret? that's is that a secret? <laughs> or at least that's what they did with The Flash, which came out on June 16th. Uh we the same week that the movie was released, the director came out and said those wonky effects are supposed to look like that. It's on purpose because we're in the speed force and things should look less than natural. Oh, and, I BS then, and I call BS then and I call BS now. <laughs> Kiss my ass. I've done, I've done a lot on the Flash. I will rescind uh, to you guys. What do you, what do you guys want to say about the Flash? Well, let's say, let's say the Flash, the the Speed Force scenes. Let's say those were supposed to be bad. Did that that doesn't explain <laughs> those god awful babies? Those that babies doesn't explain <laughs> the 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 resurrection, the video effects resurrections of actors or even the insertion of actors who like Nicolas Cage has come out several times and been like, I don't know what the hell this is. <laughs> right. You know, and mind you, he probably had a blast on Teen Titans. You know, right. he probably was like, yeah, I remember that. That was like, That's or right. Spider-Verse. We were just talking Spider-Verse, right? He was like, yeah, yep. I love Noir. Spider-Man Noir. Like, I don't know, you know what I, mean, I did so, in that film. <laughs> I mean, I talk about a movie. I, when Max, when Max came out and they put flash on there almost immediately, I said, I'm finally going to watch this movie. And my son and I watched that movie, and we we were almost just constantly giving each other that look of, "What are we watching? What is this movie?" You know, it, it was it was terrible, and I wanted it to be good. I wanted it to be good, especially considering the escapades of getting it there, the the Ezra Miller drama, all the DCEU yeah. drama, James Gunn coming in talking about, "Hey, everything I'm going to do is not going to matter." Ooh, maybe this would be the movie that catapults us into the james gunn universe because the flash can can do that maybe they're going to do that oh uh, this is nothing about this movie was redeemable nothing nothing even i look i'm i grew up watching batman michael keaton is my batman suck it christian bale you will never be my batman i don't care michael keaton's my batman and they turned them into they turned him into cannon fodder yeah. Every, he, he was like wily e. coyote like how can we kill him this time thanks thanks 
<laughs> and then the fact that the this this Supergirl uh, actor came out like they they in everything that led up to this movie they they were glorifying her like oh my god she's so great she's so great all she kept doing was dying what did she do that was so great right to hell with this movie <laughs> Dan uh, listen I I am one to um when I but when it's reasonable when it is reasonable. I can separate the art from the artist. If somebody comes out as a racist in some way, I can separate the art from the artist. A sexist, I can. When you start throwing in things like assault, alleged kidnapping, grooming and the drugging of minors, <laughs> going into people's homes, beating the crap out of them, allegedly tying people up. Are we talking about party, the Russian government? Oh, I'm talking about Ezra Miller and, oh, and, oh. His, and, and him deciding to take a vacation in Hawaii as if the American population didn't do enough to the Polynesian community. You know? So I went, I hated on this movie from day one, from the second it was confirmed that it was going to happen, from the second the trailer dropped, I didn't watch a single trailer. I didn't care. I didn't care. I let this movie go by for a long time, and then it was finally on Max. And I said, you know what? I'm about 86 movies in. I need to get to 100 2023 watches. Let's just, let's just throw this on. Why not? And then I watched a man throw babies into a microwave. Yeah. I watched teeth fall out. At a visual level, that of a 2002 PlayStation One game. So I got I've it seen, I seen two, two versions <laughs> of Ezra Miller have more sex jokes in 15 minutes than James Gunn's entire filmography. I think he was naked. At I one have point. never in yeah. my life seen a movie so adherently trying to be a Zack Snyder film. While so obviously trying to shit on Zack Snyder's vision and style, like half of this movie was everything Zack Snyder did on Man of Steel and Watchmen, and then the we even go back to the events of Man of Steel, right? We literally go back to the we yeah. literally go back That's to, right. the, right. to that That's film. Right. That's right. Over as a, as a, remi as a over reminder, and over again. Yeah, as a reminder of like where we shouldn't be going. I, I remember watching the film. I just wanted it to be the band-aid that I thought it was supposed to be. If we're gonna oh, if this film is gonna break break the, the timeline and get us back to where everything was. But I even remember when they when I left, I was more confused than when I got there. I'm like, so who's this Aquaman? He's Thank on the same you. earth as he's on the same earth as Clooney. Does that George mean Clooney, Aquaman right. 2, the Batman is Clooney? On the in the movie I just saw in December, I don't know, and they don't explain it, and you're not meant to know. Uh, and that it, it literally felt like two care. college kids, two college guys going, "Hey, you know, it'd be cool. We have George Clooney at the end. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Then let's put Jordan, Jason Momoa at the end too. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was. If I'm not mistaken, there were rumors at one point that Ben Affleck was in Aquaman too, and then the the rumors changed to Keaton being in Aquaman too, and then after everything went through with the James Gunn of it all, they're like, okay, no, Batman's now in Aquaman too, so don't even worry about it. And I'm just like, yeah, that's a that, there's a lot going on there. Um, I just I just knew that this was was downhill. Like, of course, I knew this was downhill when babies were going in microwaves, but I just fully knew that 
this movie was beyond ever trying to redeem when there was when they decided to resurrect the man that uh unalived himself <laughs> drank himself to death because of the pressure of this of this costume george, george reeves. reeves george reeves genuinely knew or felt or was just so sad that he could not live past being clark kent he could not cannot break away from the, the shadow of that red and blue suit that he just checked out early and you want to resurrect him because you want to bring up a multiverse plot a plot that you don't even deserve yeah that wasn't that was a cool or cute uh, it, it didn't it go well and it also sucked because i know a lot of people who liked either flashpoint or flashpoint paradox the animated uh version of those events and that this took very much from that um and that's a lauded that's a lauded comic that ended up ushering a whole new era for dc so i could see them thinking that that would do that for this it sucks when you have a comic you've read over and over and over again and they portray it and it's not as awesome as you remember it but that's not just a dc problem guys because uh marvel had the heavy task of trying to adapt secret invasion this year a, a a who's who a who i was like a who done it a who's who a who can you trust your heroes all your heroes could be freaking aliens uh he loves you is that what they used to say she loves you and then they would blow things up uh the comic for secret invasion was such a cool um insidious kind of like you don't know who to trust you don't know who's who people would die left and right and all of a sudden they would turn to scrolls you're like wait wait how long has that moment been a scroll um the only thing i the only reason why i think i don't hate secret invasion more than i should is because i spent half of my this podcast saying that roadie was a scroll <laughs> so when he became a scroll or when you know he was been a scroll that that was the validation and vindication that I needed at the time, but I can personally say I see absolutely no reason for me to ever return to this series. There's not there's I nothing so there's, no, there's nothing for me to, there's, there's, no, there's nothing to go back to. What am I to go back to? All the relationships, half of them are dead now. <laughs> uh, you know they they randomly missed, uh, revealed that Fury's screwing a scroll. That, that, you would think that's some kind of conflict of interest in the, in the midst of all this stuff here. Um, they do plot points about aliens. Well, they do plot points about like refugees and aliens, stuff that they would revert, uh, return back to in the Marvels. That's just confusing more of, of what's going on because unlike DC, these, these stories are staying. I'm supposed to remember that there's there's uh, good scrolls on Earth and the president wants to eradicate all aliens while also remembering that the Asgardians are there and they're good to chill. But the Asgardians also have scrolls that they got from another planet <laughs> to hide out and be refugees in their camp. Uh, it's a lot, man. It's, it's, it's a lot. And I, I don't think this helped the Marvel of it all. We were already in a weird place with Quantumania. We were in a weirder place with the, the allegations made against majors. Guardians kind of, it, it made us more optimistic, but obviously we knew we weren't getting more of that. <laughs> so that door closes. And then Secret Invasion is supposed to be appearing to the future. And I was not happy with what I saw. So this is a safe space, right? This is a safe space. So yeah. I'll tell you straight up, with, with with all humility in me that my goodbye to the MCU 
like my genuine like I can't do this anymore like my genuine goodbye to the MCU was Guardians 3 I feel like Peter yeah. Quill just sitting at the table eating cereal just being a normal person again getting upset over doing chores like I, I just I I think I've given I gave them from 14 to like 26 27 mm-hmm. I think I gave them my entire I gave them my entire teens and 20s yeah, but until there's something in comic book media that's gonna wow me, I can't genuinely do it no more. I can see the frustration there. To me, because of two things, two long-running pieces of media, because of comic books and wrestling, I know that when you put out this amount, this amount of content, it literally can't all be hits. It just can't. Not when you you refuse to stop. You know, not when you are continuing to go. So when, just like in professional wrestling, it's like, oh, that Raw sucked. I'm not saying WWE is going to go under because that Raw sucked. Or, you know, oh, my God. I, I, I've i gone, I've waxed poetically about how much I love um, Scott Snyder's Batman run and how it brought me into Batman comics. And then literally the next person that writes that book made me hate <laughs> how Batman gets written. And now I'm back on reading Chip Zdarsky's Batman because it just always, it just go to me, it, 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 it's a, a cyclical. It's uh, being a fandom of this, being a fan of this stuff is cyclical. Uh, you're going to have the highs, you're going to have the lows and kind of run with it. And I assume the same thing happens with actors, right? Not every actor is going to hit a home run, but I don't think one bad performance is enough to be like, oh, well, this person doesn't deserve to blank anymore. Um but I also, I, I think it all comes to time. B. Rogue said it perfectly. You know, there's so much out there. I, I don't think anybody who is not enjoying themselves should sit and force themselves to take on any of this stuff. It's only just going to make you more miserable when it comes to it, uh, which is why I had a different mind state on the DC films since Black Adam. Like, I, you know, I kind of look at them and cross my arms because I'm like, I've seen, you know, like I've seen what you guys have promised. And then I've seen what you guys have delivered. So I kind of got this now. Um, but because my levels were like that, when Sandman came out, I damn near exploded. I was like, what is this? I'm like, this is, they could do this? DC could do this? This is a DC property? DC could do this? So it's like, you get the, you get the glimpses of hope here well, and that's there. What, but, what's uh, funny is because DCEU for the, for the last 10 years was doing this to you at every end where you were getting a good movie, yeah. bad movie, good movie, bad movie. And then they dropped doom patrol on your lap and you're like what is doom going patrol. on here doom like, patrol why is so are you damn good and then give me <laughs> yeah doom patrol is so damn good <laughs> that ended this year too i'm eventually gonna go back to that world i've got to go back and say bye to my friends cliff and uh cliff and the like <laughs> but um yeah man and and even then july 7th my adventures with superman came out i thought that was a fine show that was a dc show animated about Superman, um, really, I think the episode might even be like a half an hour, really snappy stuff. But if you guys haven't seen it, we've covered it here on this podcast. So check that out. My Adventures with Superman. And, and no, no amount of pessimism towards comic book stuff or the MCU could convince me to not get excited when we saw Logan in his new suit for Deadpool 3. <laughs> Uh, which we got to see on July 10th. Will you be in the theaters for Deadpool 3? Oh, yes, that's just that's just logical. That's just front front. Center. Oh, what happened? IMAX, uh, a second ago, I thought the MCU was dead. 
I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Rewind that. Rewind the tape. Rewind the tape. Can I, can I get a review? There's, I no a review? Way of, there's no way of verifying that information. Listen, every time, every time I think I'm out, every time I think I'm out, these bastards find a way to always pull me back in. It's an, it's been an abusive relationship since uh, since Ant Man. Yeah, what'd you think of the suit? Oh, oh my God! <laughs> They're just disrespectful at this point. How are you doing it so good? Yeah, and you know, I, I believe. Lying. I, I believe between, um, and I have, I'm, I'm saying it here, between Echo and this, this is going to be the things that set the MCU right. Echo, I think, is going to be the show that shows, because I, I believe they're calling the, the street-level heroes, what is, what is Marvel calling those, that line? I don't they think have they're calling heroes for hire, are they? No, but they're, they're, they're kind of... Basically, giving it a name like where it's going to be like, oh, the street level is it like you know, champions? This whole daredevil. I forget where I forget what 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 title they're giving it, but they're going to have it be that. And I think Echo is going to set the t- the tone for that. But then we have Deadpool three, which is going to reset everything. It's going to essentially be Secret Wars that's going to collapse certain things. It's going to make you realize what's important, what's not important, and from there. We're going to get uh, Loki Loki sitting on his throne of the timeline, sitting there going, and now here is the MCU fixed. You know, right, right, right. I, I strongly believe that's what's gonna happen from from Deadpool 3. I have a lot of high hopes. I hate spoilers, I, I hate uh, hype, but I strongly believe that that's why they're how many movie projects does the MCU have this year? One. Why? Because that's that's what it's gonna do. Oh yeah, we have one movie and one show. Which is the way it should be. You shouldn't have to be dropping five MCU movies in one year. It's like, you know, we don't have. We have to start rebuilding new ground, new territory. You knocked everything down. Wanda's gone. All of our Avengers are dead. Uh, some are retired. Now you're now you're setting up um, young Avengers. Like, we, we we got things to do. Let's set it up slowly. So yep. one MCU movie this year is actually a godsend. Because it shows that they can start building their structure again. And I think I think I told about this in a maybe a previous episode, but I think this is gonna make the audience crave it. Because they're not gonna have it and they're gonna be asking questions. Because as much as I sat they, they were oversaturated, they bleh, we are our tape we we've had too much of this taste in our mouth. Let's let's spit it out. And now wait, wait, wait. It's been we're gonna go through January, February, March, April, May, June. When do we get our? When do we get another taste of the MCU? And when they get this taste, I mean, because look, look how look how the first Deadpool movie kind of revitalized the MCU, even at that point, or just comic book movies in general, because that, that that brought in a whole new audience. It, it elevated that whole idea that this is not just for kids, and I think that the, that's what this movie is going to do. It's going to bringing back Hugh Jackman. It's going to bring along all those old fans. You still got Ryan Reynolds. All these. Every, every kid claims to be a, a Deadpool fan, even if they've only seen half of one of the movies, you know, or or seen or read a funny panel from him on on a meme or something like that. Oh, I have my fair share of Deadpool merchandise. I have a Deadpool hat. Like I, I, I'm, yeah, Deadpool's a big cultural icon. So, I believe that's what's going to happen with this movie, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Because I think they are going to announce some some shows and whatnot. I think later on. 
because I think we still have Daredevil that's, that's being retinkered, and they're talking about uh, what a Hawkeye season two and Agatha still doing a thing. Agatha, right? There you go. Agatha still went through season. like five different name changes at this point, but because it, it was Agatha all along. Speaking of speaking of name changes, or I guess just changes in general, it has now been confirmed that Stephen Young will not be playing Sentry in the Thunderbolts film, and he will not be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as according to the Hollywood yeah. Reporter. What? One of the rumors, one of the rumors, is just that the, the delays of stuff, you know, shifted, and he's got things to do. I mean, he man's literally playing Invincible. I'm too busy recording episodes of Invincible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where I get to be in my PJs and be like, what? Viltrumite, you know that's that's basically what that role Listen, what that role is, and I bet he got hate for Central. I bet he, I bet he got hate White. You just want those guys in anything. <laughs> I want those two in anything. Hell, you could uh, do Harrison Dickerson, like just do Harris Dickerson, like come on. We got so much options now, and that's what it's about. A lot of these times with these actors is those options, and they definitely exercise their options in July because on the fourteenth, the SAG, uh, the Screen Actors Guild, went on strike, bum, bum, bum. joining the writers. And boy, did things get dry. That meant all promotion was ceased. Anything, any bit of hot ones where somebody's on there going, "Hey, watch my movie," and I'm eating all these hot ass uh, wings. None of it. Go. None of it. Yeah, none of it uh, was able to, able to happen. Ironically, seven days from the strike, we get the cinematic uh, event of the year, Barbenheimer. <laughs> so those what? guys actually I never heard out of it. Of, never heard of it. No, those I actually saw footage of the the cast of Oppenheimer walk out <laughs> before a screening even happened because the strike had just been announced. <laughs> And I they want to say Nolan was like cool with it because I mean we are we're, we're done at this point. But he was also like you know they've 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 left they've uh, had you know uh, four months they picketed. Um, they eventually got a deal that they wanted, but there was a lot of just weird energy around this with executives like David Zaslav being like, eh, they want too much money and, you know, uh, we'll come down this much or we won't do this. You started hearing a lot about AI and AI scripts. A lot of that stuff was being worked into the contracts for the writers and the actors when it came to this kind of stuff, like that they won't straight up be replaced by AI, which was a big thing uh, when it came to all this kind of stuff. But it really got showed you how the sausage was made because without writers, without actors, all of Hollywood went to a screeching halt. Um, and you don't really see that. While two movies are simultaneously <laughs> dominating the box office. So yeah, it was a it was a it was a very strange time um uh to watch all, two, all that two, take place. Now I'm not, I'm not you know it's funny now, you know, talking about being hindsight being 2020, I'm wondering if the strike doesn't happen, do these two movies become the juggernauts that they are because it just felt like everything was leading up until these two movies it got this beautiful name barbenheimer mm -hmm. you know it was also a something else to do besides mcu or dceu superheroes right it was some for so long people were saying give us something different give us something different and now not only you're getting something different that's that's very well made both very well made but you're mm -hmm. not being given other options. So it's yeah. like, what do we do? Keep going and watch the same movie over and over again. And it's worth watching. You know, you, you can, you, I mean, some people say they can't do it, but I can watch Oppenheimer over and over again. And the Barbie movie 
that's easily able to be watched over and over and over again. So I I is as it was it was like this beautiful accident that happened. You know, the, these two movies that because I mean how many on paper, on paper, when you tell someone, hey man, you're gonna watch a, a three hour movie, a biopic, where there's no CGI, there's no action, it's everybody talking in a room about science, advanced science. And it's going to be the number. It's going to make over a billion dollars. People would have been like, "Yeah, you're making that up. That's a made-up story." Oh, but but okay. So you don't want to see that movie? Let's go watch a movie about the Barbie doll. Yeah, <laughs> coming to life. <laughs> and you both know. movies make over a billion dollars, and they're still yeah. and they're still making money, and they're going to make even more money once the once the Oscar nominations come out because both movies are going to get at least ten nominations. Yeah, it's it, odd to live live in that world, but I'm happy that we do. Um, it, this also, you know, if the the films come out about a week after the the Screen Actors Guild strike, which meant that they had up until a week till the film to promote it, right? You know, you know so I mean? they were able to push their promotion. You know, and the Barmanheimer stuff only helped. The memes only helped. Uh, people go. People went in costume to these. Yeah. To these films. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. people were trying to decide, oh, do I, maybe I'll do, you know, brunch with Oppenheimer and then dinner with Barbie kind of stuff. You know, they were really trying to schedule their whole, um, you know, do their whole schedules around it. Yeah. It became an talk, event. Talk to Tom Cruise about Barbenheimer. Oh, Barbenheimer yeah. killed Mission Impossible. Killed it <laughs> to the point where Dead Reckoning Part 2 is not going to be called Dead Reckoning Part 2. They're giving it all oh, really? the name. Yeah, look at oh, that. Oh wow. Like, isn't it? Because it, it he the movie premiered on a Monday. The Monday before the weekend that Barbenheim came out, he was doing his premiere because I think he saw the SAG strike coming and he's seen this juggernaut coming at him. And even even I was sitting there going, Man, I'm gonna be seeing three movies in the theaters. And no, I mean I, I dead reckoning, I never got a chance to see it in theaters because it it got booted out so quickly because of Barbenheimer. <laughs> Is that deserving, Daniel? Was Dead Reckoning worth getting mollywhopped by Barbenheimer? <laughs> so I can't wait to talk about mollywhopping. <laughs> oh dear! You know, well, uh, but well, that's but that, 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 that... like no one had a fuck ton of list of demands. Like, like he had a lot of list of demands for what he wanted out of this movie, what he wanted out of Oppenheimer, the release, and everything, and. Yeah, then here comes the strike, and he's like, "All right, we gotta get this. I we gotta get this IMAX out like like now, 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 now." So then that's what they that, that's what he does is he's like, "Okay, we gotta push back the date. If we want to do IMAX, if we're gonna get that two weeks of IMAX, we gotta push back the date." And then it makes it even worse when T-Mobile Tuesday was doing deals for five dollar tickets two weeks earlier, but it wasn't IMAX showing. Ah. Uh. So people were like, you know what? I'm not going to pay the $30 to see this in IMAX when T-Mobile Tuesday is literally doing $5 tickets. Because that's what I did. I saw the movie twice in theaters. I yeah, wasn't right missing. Yeah. I saw that twice. Okay. It was amazing. I loved it. Like, I, I had to see it in IMAX. Like, I, it, it was just... No, it I, had I've, to heard, I've heard amazing things. I've heard the movie's amazing. I still haven't had a chance to see it. Well, no, it I've is amazing. It's, it just got, okay, it's it just not better than right. Fallout, but it's... It's up there. It's like it's probably like the fourth best Mission Impossible. Fourth well, it's also, third. It's best. also it's a, it's an incomplete movie. It's it's two parts. <laughs> but it's I heard it's 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 a great movie. It's even on on some uh, critics' top twenty lists of the year. 
but it, it, the, that movie was supposed to be like an 800 million dollar to a billion dollar movie and it didn't do it because of barbenheimer it's, it was all exactly it was the barbenheimer it was the barbenheimer mixed with the strike and then you know crews wanting to get this out in imax but having to push back the date so now instead of getting that like quintessential middle of july date he's getting like end of june date yeah but i think i saw this movie like june 27th and then i saw it like the next week like the two weeks later and like july like but still everybody was going to see my theater wasn't that packed my theater should have been a lot more packed for yeah. for that movie and people i were said saving it. that money people were saving the money for that barbenheimer baby and i actually got upset because i did see dial of destiny in theaters as well and that movie had a larger audience and that one hurt that one felt personal that don't movie, ask me to explain it but that was, one felt personal was, that movie was awful Island <laughs> Destiny had a larger audience than both of the theater showings that I that they had for for uh, Mission Impossible because literally all you're hearing in the next theater over is <laughs> we're hearing the, the the Trinity test. But I think it's interesting, right? Because you're talking about um, things that kind of on the face of it shouldn't work working uh, in the midst of people's perceived greed. On the corporate level of people just pushing out things that are supposed to be surefire hits that are not working so while we're in the midst of these strikes the studios are realizing that ip is just not enough anymore while you know i barbie is an ip as well so is super mario brothers which did well as well this year um but back in the day you all you had to do was start slap a marvel studios logo on something and that was enough uh to get through the day but yeah, they really started to figure out that that it wasn't enough anymore. You know, it's not enough to just have an IP like a Shazam or um, put Nick Fury on a poster, and you know, you can't just print money anymore when it comes to that stuff. Um, real quick, uh, Invincible Adam Eve came out on the twenty first of July. I really like that as a really kind of cool introduction back into that universe. I like Invincible. I did not see the set the first half of season two, two A. That show, they only did the first four episodes of this year, but the next four drop this year, uh, and I'll be kind of taking it all in as a whole. Uh, Addicts, what would you think about the return to of Invincible this year? Oh, talk about that. That, to me, shows that how comic book movies are still very much on the tip of everybody's tongue. Because here you got animation, Cross the Spider-Verse, Invincible. I mean, just, just Adam Eve, that one-hour special, was better then yeah I, I, to me it was even better than guardians of the galaxy that one hour special and watch season two way those four those four episodes are great and i'm salivating like when the when when that next week came when and i put on my amazon and i was like wait wait, wait when's the next episode coming <laughs> steven right. yun quit 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 being the century keep keep recording your voice for invincible because it's it's really really good i don't want to spoil anything for you I don't want to spoil for any of the fans who who haven't yeah. had a chance to see this. Dead. This I've only seen season one, but I want to revisit it all as a whole. Yeah, and that's what I did. I made the time for that. I rewatched season one. I I watched two A. I watched Adam Eve. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. We're in a world it, where it, it makes me want to not go back and read the the first the first four or five omnibuses of the series. Yeah, because it, it's it's just that damn good. It worked in 2003. It's working in 2023, 2024. Um, 
But like you're saying, we're at a point right now where the invincible stock is so high. We got characters popping up in Mortal Kombat. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that. We want to talk about like like household names. People now know these characters. Uh, so yeah, I really really thought Invincible Adam Eve was was a, a good return to form, and I I'll catch two A soon. Um, we talk about IPs. One of the more longest standing IPs is uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise. We outside, baby. That's we are cool. outside. That and was this, that was probably this is my favorite the- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I've established. I've seen it three times now, and I've established like this is the Turtles. This is the Turtles. This is everything I've ever wanted out of the Turtles because I didn't grow up with the 80s. This is my 80s Turtles that I can feel like I can relate to because it's of that time. The same way the 80s ones of the times. It's so raw. It's so authentic. And we have actual kids to voice them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like just that that line you said you said it early you said Mollywop when Ice Cube <laughs> as the, the the as the, the fly drops we won't molly whop these oh my god yeah. it's just every that that whole movie was just not it's a, it's an ode to <laughs> what the ninja turtles to me always could have been don't get me wrong yeah. the, the eastman comics you go back uh you go back to those comic books that were never truly even to this very day never really fleshed out the right. way that with the way that the creators wanted it but to see this version it's it's like he said it's so fresh and so raw and and just re-inspiring and the animation talk about talking about the people who's who made this movie they must have seen into the spider-verse and said we want to do that but we're not going to copy it and the yeah. animation oh, style was so unique definitely. so gorgeous huh no this was definitely like a nice little we want to try the spider-verse animation but we don't want to look like a direct copy yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the way I described it is, <laughs> especially spooky. since they're, they're trying to show that they are kids, the animation style to me looked like, hey, a bunch of kids, here's your color pencils and do your best to, to, to draw and color everything in, you know, Definitely. and that's what it looks like to me. And I, I love that look. I love the way it flowed and the story it told. And I can't wait. This this is a tentpole. This movie is a tentpole. For, and, and, yeah. and it has more stories to tell. I mean, we get we get that great tease at the end for the shredder. Let's go. You hear that, Shazam? You tease the bigger bad in the first film. And you follow through. Yes, you ramp up. Whenever I think of Ice Cube in that movie, I always think of, oh, you are some tortoises. (laughs) You are some tortoises. (laughs) Just his voice acting in that moment, he killed it. Oh, my God. I love this. Oh, you are some tortoises. It it really felt like they were like, yo, man, look, be the captain from the 21 Jump Street movies. (laughs) And... But before you became a captain, like when you were yeah. just a beat cop starting off, you, you found a bunch of dudes who were going to follow you. And now you're talking to four turt tur- <laughs> Yeah, it completely it exceeded all my expectations. I love this movie. Yeah. I, I, I went to see it in theaters because, you know, I'm an AMCA lister. So it's like, fuck, it's free ticket. Let me just go. And just I knew I was sold by the, sh- the, the Splinter and Turtles relationship. But when they had that no diggity montage, I swear on everything, I busted a tear and I busted like a happy, joyful tear in theaters. I'm like, this, why can't we do this? This is, this, you guys do it so right. And when they do it so right in many mediums, many studios, when they do a film so perfectly right, it breaks your brain because you don't understand how they can't do this. Like, all, not every, but almost every single time where it feels Seemingly, like 
seemingly you got somebody reading the Rosetta Stone, Mr. Seth Rogen. Not only had his hand in this, but he also had his hand in Gen V over on Amazon Prime. He's worked on the boys. He's seemingly figuring out, if not the method, his method of getting a lot of these adaptations uh, being put to screen. And not only is that working, but they all feel distinctly different than the other stuff, which is very important. <laughs> you know, we're talking so much about DC trying to rush to to catch up to Marvel that a lot of their stuff felt MCU-ish. You know, and this didn't feel MCU-ish, it didn't feel DC-ish, this felt like Ninja Turtles. And Gen V feels like Gen V, and the boys feels like the boys. So, yeah, big ups to Seth Rogen for kind of figuring out his footing when it comes to this stuff, because I think he absolutely nailed it uh, with this, and I can't wait to see where the Turtles uh, go next. Is Jaime Reyes going somewhere next? Because the next film to come out with Blue Beetle, uh, August 18th. Uh, similarly, I've spilled a lot of uh, a lot of digital ink about this. Uh, Dan, tell the people how you feel about Blue Beetle. <laughs> um, so genuinely, I went into this because I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna support a Latino superhero. We don't get mm-hmm. me- live action. We don't get fucking many. I don't care if he's Mexican, Ecuadorian, Honduras. He's he's a Hispanic super. He's a Latino superhero. I'm gonna show up. We showing up. We showing out. Blue Beetle Battalion. If this movie sucked, I would have genuinely said this movie was terrible, but it's our terrible. <laughs> like, that. that That's the beauty of equality. But when I went there, I went there with the lowest of lowest expectations I've ever had for a comic book movie and was genuinely surprised by not only the environment of the audience, but the movie. And there was a lot of things I was willing to forgive in that movie, like... You know what? Generic bad guy? Who cares? It's Sigourney Weaver. What are we doing here? Like, this is crazy. No, it's what's-her-face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not Sigourney. Susan Sarandon. Thank you. Thank you. Same, same red-headed white girl. Same red-headed white woman. Hey, man, she was in Dead Man Walking, okay? Respect that woman. Bull Durham, damn it. Bull Durham. Bull Durham. <laughs> all right. All right. But no, it, like, it was... And then, you know, some might might be... Say like, oh, you know, they had the audacity to try and recreate the the Black Panther, you know, fu- uh, scene in the heaven or whatever. I'm like, you know, I, I don't <laughs> care because all of this was just genuinely fun, and I felt for the family. Like, I loved this family. This family was was like, you know, they were the best part of this movie. Yeah, I so at I, this point, it's well, it's well, it's well known. At this point, DC cheated on me so much that even them coming to my house with a Ferrari and flowers, it wasn't just wasn't enough this time. Just wasn't enough this time. This film would have came out five years ago. I'd probably push people to see it, make people see it. You need to go out there and support this. You know, after, get, after getting bit and slapped around, all that kind of stuff by DC, I, I just couldn't be bothered. I, I, I wasn't impressed. I don't think anyone could say that this was outright like oh my god no not at all um, uh groundbreaking and not everything needs to be i will talk about the marvels in a bit not groundbreaking i had fun which is why i can also understand uh uh things not being groundbreaking but still having fun so yeah that's I mean, why i i i i'm with you i enjoyed it it was fun i uh, dan I, I feel you on the latino superhero i loved hearing my language i loved you know seeing that culture and even I wish they would have been a little bit more subtle with the social commentary they made in the movie. On a whole, yeah. the movie was fun, but one thing I didn't like, it, to me, it just it didn't it failed to take it as deep as it could have, and it was just too long. This movie yeah. could have easily have been a tight 
an hour and 45 minutes. And for some reason, I want to say this movie was two or even two hours and change. This movie was about two hours, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's weird. You talk about the social commentary stuff. They bring up this whole, this whole point about gentrification. The answer to that problem is that he's now screwing somebody who's a billionaire. Right. <laughs> it doesn't get fixed. It doesn't get fixed. It just, you know, and then, and, and right. And they, on they, up. They, they, they glaze over that. And then the villain, the, the villain had a, this great sympathetic backstory to him, but they don't truly flesh it out. They, 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 they barely have to do he, yeah. And he doesn't even talk. He says like four words the whole movie. So how am I supposed to yeah. feel truly bad for this person when you, 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 it's, it felt like the person who said, yeah, I heard about like the Sandinistas and the Contras. I think it might have something to do with that. We'll, we'll give you some scenes. Most people don't know that history. Most right. people don't know that history. Give us, g- give it to us, explain it, you know, because right. I, I, I know the history and I barely know the history. So even when I'm seeing it, I'm sitting there going, Ooh, Ooh, what are we going to get out of this character? Like, what, what are we going to learn? Nah, we're gonna learn. We're gonna learn that they, he's just gonna blow himself up to kill to kill Susan Sarandon's character. Also, did he go good because he then remembered what it was? Yeah, like he he kind of right. They don't really blatantly say it, which I, I, I of course you, you always have like that aspect of you know show don't tell, but mm-hmm. but show us something deeper. Give it, you know, give it. Made it seem like the Beatle made him watch a movie about his life. Right, <laughs> right, and then he was like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> and then that's my favorite part of the film. Actually, is when he is when grabs he... screaming Susan Sarandon right into the fire. Like he, there's no like he's just like, "No, we're going, we're going right in there. We're gonna blow up. We're gonna die." And that's what it's gonna be. Um, uh, there's a there's a Booster Gold reference, I think. Um, and we might be getting the Ted Cord Blue Beetle soon right if this is all in continuation uh i thought it was mostly harmless but again um it 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 was one of the straws that broke the camel's back in my mind because i needed something to be remarkable i did need something groundbreaking dc to me had been playing it too safe and this was just another one in that but you got to make your money and it was enjoyable it's way more enjoyable than I would say, like in the first half of, of DC films. That well, the only out. way I can play devil's advocate here with this one is basically we knew at this point everything was dead. This is August now. We're about eight months into knowing that the new slate is coming. I think by that also, point. Also, they can't even promote this film because of the strike. That too. So I, I would figure, like, you know, since it can't really be groundbreaking, because what ground is it going to break when it's done? Once yeah. Aquaman 2 is here, so I figured as as innocuous film as it is, it should genuinely at least be entertaining and enjoyable. Yeah. Make me want to see it again. And the film definitely does make me want to go back and revisit again. Not to see something like, you know, Man of Steel type. I just want to just have fun in my comic book movies again. Yeah. They've got to get back to a place of fun. That's what works. Yeah, have some some, uh, real, real stakes. No, it wasn't fun. But it was fun to kind of watch. Uh, the Killer was dropped on Netflix. I believe Daniel actually saw this film in theaters based on the French graphic novel of the same name starring Michael Fassbender uh, in another leading man role. This is Michael Fassbender's first role since Dark Phoenix, which shows you how burnt he was on comic book movies because he didn't do anything for a couple of years. Um, and then he went to do The Killer. I We have an episode about this, Dan. So all I'll say is I thought The Killer was a pretty cool uh, flick. 
um i really want to see what the, the difference is in the comic i started to read the the comic and then kind of got tied up like uh b rogue says there's so much to read so much to listen to etc um but yeah uh dig the killer if you haven't seen it go check it out and after you check it out check out our episode on the major issues podcast about it b rogue have you seen this no and again this is this is a movie that shows that the comic book fueled cinema is not dead because there are a lot of people who don't even realize this, this was based off of a, a comic book and right. it is and it's done by one of the most renowned directors out there yes and it made and it make and it made michael fassbender come back to making movies he he <laughs> i believe he he got heavily involved with his wife which i, I don't blame him. i believe he's married to uh what's her name the, the tomb raider girl Bacander. oh uh yeah 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 Alicia he and and he also he he was a race car driver. He he wanted oh, to wow. try he wanted to try his hand, hand in race car driving. So he came out with this movie and he came out with the 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 the, the soccer movie, which I hear is, is a fun watch. And I can't wait to see yeah. what else he does because, um, for me seeing him play Magneto as Sir Ian McKellen, you're the man. But seeing him be he to me he was a better Magneto. I love the way he portrayed it and to see him come back. Did you? Did you know his last film prior to this was Dark Phoenix? Did you know that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I can see why he... he is that said, enough no, to retire? Let me go drive <laughs> some cars. Let me go hang out with my gorgeous wife. And then I'll come I back swear, when I'm it ready. Wasn't a, it wasn't in the script. It was Michael Fassbender saying, we do the same thing always over and over again. You show up. You've always got a speech. I tell you that you're wrong, and then we start fighting. <laughs> that was just Michael wow. Fassbender on the day. I'm out. And then yeah. the writer, the writer was probably like, "Wow, that's great ad libbing, oh, prolific." You really got <laughs> in the head I didn't, of Magneto there. I didn't write that. Uh, <laughs> sure. He looks over like, "Wait, you guys recorded that? I wasn't yeah. talking about the movie." <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, sure. Anyway, anyway, so I, I do uh, want to sit down and watch this movie. I hear great things about it, and and again, I, to me, this is something that people will look back on and go, "This is this is why a comic books will still." be a source for this media to draw from yeah it's so versatile dan got anything you want to say about the killer yeah um once i knew this was a, a comic book movie i had to rush to you. i had to rush to you i had to let you know that yo 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 we can cover this <laughs> yeah because it, 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 it's knows i got one rule what's my one rule dan has to be based on a comic or have a comic about it's it. Gotta be some way or form, shape, or form. That specific medium has to. Have it could a even comic. be loose. It could be loose as hell. It can. Be, they could have came up with one prequel comic for it. Uh, I got him and, to watch a wrestling show about girls because it because had a Glo, couple of comics. Glo had a comic. Go had a comic. Um, but yeah, uh, you. I remember you put this on my radar, and I'm like, all of this sounds weird. A Michael Fassbender-led French gra graphic novel adaptation of a film that's going to be on Netflix, but it's getting a theatrical release for like two weeks. All of that felt very weird, but I'm super glad you put this on my radar and we covered it. Yeah, this was just a great one. Another solid of the year, but yeah, we covered a lot of it on the episode, so there's really not much to say without, you know, going ad nauseum rehashing yeah we're gonna get close to we're at that point we're closing out the last quarter of the year um so we'll go through these a bit quick uh gen v uh if you guys seen that i dig it i really really liked it um i it took me so long to realize why i liked it different than the boys not saying that one is better than the other but 
it took me so long to realize that like the entirety of us watching the boys is us watching normal people get at superheroes for being you know negligent and in gen v you're rooting for the heroes the protagonist has powers <laughs> you know for the first time in this universe you're kind of rooting for a couple of superpowered people um not to get chewed up into this big capitalism thing with bought and and all that kind of stuff but um I really dug it. I think there's some killer actors in there. I think that they played around with some interesting X-Men themes and, you know, mutant themes uh, in there uh, that I think it's worth checking out. And I can already see how it's going to dovetail into the next season of The Boys and then back out of that season of The Boys to the next season of Gen V. But b Roke, what did you think of Gen V? Well, I still have only seen the very first episode. And oh, I, that's more and yeah, more yeah. you bring it up, how much I need to watch the rest. I will get to it. No, I gotta get but, on this too, man. You know, to, to it was so good that I'm still a little nauseous from the first episode. It There's was a really, lot. It was really in that first rough. episode. It's like because see, for you talk about how this show is about the heroes, the people who I'm I'm rooting for, and I'm 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 hoping they get their their just dues. But in that first episode, the heroes are just abused. Yeah, they're they're very very abused, and it was hard to watch. Whereas in the boys, the harsh uh, abuse occurs to the so called heroes that you want to see get abused. Like, yes, that person has right. that horrible thing happens to them. Yes, you want to see that. But in that first episode, I mean, the origin of our lead hero is horrific. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so it's just like they damn near commit a murder by accident later on. <laughs> you all, know, it, it... All, all because of puberty. Yeah. It's like puberty is already harsh as it is to have it linked to your your origin. Yeah, oh it, it's it, it's rough stuff. But um, like you were saying, you know, the, the, you you kind of see these heroes as like almost like champion racehorses. Like that's how they're treated. They're, they're bred to to do a specific thing, and if they can't do that thing, then they're gonna get shot in the back of the shed. And um, you know, to a lot of people, it's their way out. You know, um, I, I, I there's also a lot of allusions to like college sports, right? Mm -hmm. so many people do college sports but how many people actually make it into the pro leagues and then what happens to the myriad of people who don't who dedicated for years and their body and all that to be something well not everyone's going to make it into the seven so what happens after the fact right. uh, but i thought they they really played uh into all that stuff really well yeah. so and it's and it's for, it's a younger audience you know it's a bit younger uh the boys is obviously dealing with older characters and most of these are like in their early 20s so it has a bit of that fun twist to it as well um there, uh, there was also another lesser known show uh that came out in october uh loki did you guys ever hear about this show loki it has tom hiddleston in it Ooh. um he's they, best the stoke stokey no, you know Tom Hiddleston. He's best known for uh, Kong Skull Island. No, he was listen, in that, listen, I think I, I, re I refuse to watch anything that has Jonathan Majors in it. So oh, okay, I'm completely. That makes I don't know if I don't know if I said that before. I'm completely opposed to anything that has to do with that person. So I refuse to watch this. <laughs> this, is, this is before he was guilty. But on October fifth, Loki season two drops, and it felt like a return to form. Or am I speaking out of my horns here? No, you no. are definitely there with that one. That yeah. show is that show is more than a like th that show is up there with regular TV show seasons. Like that season two was just out of left field with filled with just scientific brilliance, but mixing fantastical elements. Like oh, it was perfect. Well, be your time. Your time I, is valuable, and in a show about time, did you have time for this? 
I didn't. I didn't. But here's what happened. I was not a fan of season one. Okay. I was not. I, I did not like where it ended. To me, the characters were so not in character. The mm-hmm. the the fact that they didn't have the the nerve to call he who remains uh Kang was very was very much kind of like um what character did they refuse to name before what we talked about earlier? Shazam. Or not Shazam, or no, or even knowing in Ant Man Quantumania, where they kept that going, him, he's coming. He Oh yeah. Man, <laughs> damn it, say Kang. God damn it. <laughs> you know, say come on, man, you know? Right. So so in Loki season one, which started that trend, uh, he who remains, but just call him Kang. Or even call him by his Egyptian name that he that he had in the comic. Ramatut. Ramatut, something. Give me something, he who just stop stop speaking to in, in pronouns. In a, in a, in a, in a <laughs> society where we, we can't even use pronouns, pronouns nowadays, <laughs> we're talking about this guy. And oh, season season one ended poorly for me. It was just like, what what is happening? Where is this going? What did I just watch? To me, right. what I tell everybody now is watch Loki. It's just one thing. It's season one. It's season two. It's one. It's 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 a what basically a twelve hour movie because season two, I I did not want to give it my time. I said I'm not going back to this. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. No way. I don't have time for this. But then by the fourth episode, when I kept hearing how good it is, how good it is, how good it is, I said, I, I'm going to I'm going to do this. And I don't regret it because the way it ends, it gives a beautiful ending. You know, even talk about you talk about lines. You can make so many shirts from this from this lot. Oh, shirt yeah. Lines. Even even the I like the fact that the classic line of the person who wanted to be king did not deserve to be king because he wanted it, but the moment he didn't want it is when he now is worthy of it. Yeah, you know because look, Loki, Loki in in the first Thor movie through Avengers through now, all he wanted to do was be 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 respected by his father to the point where he could have that 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 throne, and that's all he wanted. Even even when they, they were asking him throughout even season two, he would kind of say, "Yeah, I want to rule the nine realms and I want to be on the seat of Asgard." But then finally, at the end of it, when he goes to Sylvie and he says. I no, I don't want this. This is not what you even want. We we have to fix this. That's suddenly when he realizes, oh, what I have to take. And I it was so poetic, so scientific. J- just I'm I I want this is one of the few things I want to rewatch on a whole. I want to watch from season one to season two because it was so beautifully done. And as much as I would love to see if this new Tom Hiddleston Loki show up in something else, if this is the end of the Loki character, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I can agree with all that. I, when I think of lines, I think of, and I'm butchering it, but it's something along the lines of like, most real purpose is more bur- bur- burden than it is glory. Right. Like, if you have a real purpose in this world, it is, it is more burden. A lot of our true responsibilities are more so burden than they are glory. We do a lot of work in the shadows. We hold a lot of timelines together. You know, uh, you, when you think of, when you think of, all of the responsibilities when you think of all the all the tasks when you think of all the things you do on the daily to hold your life together or hold the lives of others if you are a parent if you are a brother if you are a son you know um all of that stuff rarely comes with glory so if you're seeking glory if you're seeking a pat on the back for that and for everyone to give you a cookie that really doesn't happen man a maintenance is not glorious it is a burden you 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 just kind of work through it and um his whole arc you know, even from the idea, like I, I try to remind people all the time, like this is not the same, I'll sacrifice myself for my brother, Loki. Like that Loki already had his arc. This is the, I'm going to take an eye from this man 
and use it to scan to get me into this museum, Loki. <laughs> you know, this is, I'm gonna stab Phil Coulson on the helicarrier, Loki. Right. You know, it's that guy removed mm-hmm. from like eight hours. Um, and for him to go through that full arc, for him to like basically almost cry and say, I don't want to be alone. And then to re- resign himself to a job where that's all he'll ever be, but he's okay with it because his friends are okay. Huge, huge moment for that character, huge arc. Um, and I, it to me, it just screamed of what I want from the MCU, which is a continuation. I want character evolution. I want character growth. And we don't stay with any character long enough since phase five started, four started, to have anybody grow. Right. We just jump to the next project. We jump to another part of the world and we act like the, what just happened didn't. So having something that finally not only brought in the ramifications of season one with the death of he who remains but even stuff from quantum mania when you deal with the victor timely of it all and then now you know the tva is going to be looking for kang variants like it finally started tying in the bigger branches together uh for this what do you got to say dan it, it it's kind of like <laughs> i can't believe i'm ever actually going to say this but in retrospect of everything that's been happening this year with the mcu uh loki and uh guardians of the galaxy was standing yeah. it's really weird that when you look at it in retrospect iron man 3 might be one of the better comic book movies that has come out in the mcu because at least it had the balls to keep its character progression from across four movies yeah, so yeah. Whole i mean that's what people also. that's why people stuck around in my opinion you know thor the dark world is not great but it continues Thor's story. It continues Loki's story. It's and you keep building on the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. Almost every movie in the first phase had an Infinity Stone. Except There's for one. There's nothing tying Iron this Man. stuff together. There's nothing tying any of these MCU films together. We're not, we're not leading up to a team-up. We're not, you know, like, they're just, they're just there. So, uh, but on the whole, what do you think of Loki? Um, so, yeah, so you know how I feel about season one. Like, that, that show is, like, top three comic book tv shows for me uh, definitely mcu shows like it was it was perfect so when this second one came out i waited about like four episodes and then i just binged i think i like, kept, did I, was i poking you for that too yes you were poking me okay. it was it was right around <laughs> it was right around the time of the victor timely ramen noodles looking editing yes where you yes. were just poking <laughs> spaghetti you, you, you kept yeah fucking low main over here you just <laughs> low main. he will he who will blow main you That's just kept hilarious. poking me. I'm like, all right, let me do this. I'm gonna just—it's like three episodes. Let me just go right into it. And by episode two, I'm like, oh my god, I missed you. Like not because yeah. it's MCU, not because it's it, it's it's Marvel, but specifically comic book TV shows. When yeah. when comic book TV shows are good, they give me Superman and Lois. They give me Doom Patrol. They give me Umbrella Academy. They give me Sandman. They give yeah. me Loki and Hawkeye. And it's like, you, 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 you know you miss it because you're so starved for it. Not because it's bad, not because we're getting like bad and good, but because they do, I feel, take their time. And that was what I felt the difference was with, with the CW, where CW was just pumping out all of these shows because they had the IPs and they had the, the, the funds to do it. So I respect them for being able to build this franchise in the six, seven years that they built it, or however long it took them to build it. But like, when other comic book medias give you these shows like sparsely, uh, it's, t- it's like it's like a fucking beautiful, it's flaming young. So yeah. this second season, and like like um, B Rogue said, 
if this is the good vibe for Loki, like as Tom Hiddleston as the character, like in general, if we're never getting Loki again in the MCU, please let this be the end. This is the only ending that matters because he yeah. has gotten two full circle arcs in the span of five years of each other with Infinity War and Loki season two. <laughs> and most characters don't get even they don't that even much. Get one. They don't even get one. Yeah, he got freaking two. Got two full perfect arcs. I, I just remember the adulation I literally felt watching that finale. Like, I watched it by myself and just thinking, oh, my God, this is so epic. And then watching all my friends have that feeling, all the Internet have that feeling, all of YouTube, all of Reddit, all of Twitter have that feeling. And for a week, we all just gushed about Loki Together, season two. We felt peace again. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, were all peace. That, we were all one for Loki season two. Uh, so, yeah, that felt good. Um, also, out in October, uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 uh, came out for PS5. Continuation of both Marvel Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Again, not going to say much on this. Just wanted to annotate this because this game is a blast. I finished it, but we're waiting on some DLC, I believe. Um, well, I so I can't wait to return game. to that world. I got all the trophies. And it's, done, like and it's done Venom. It's, it's my favorite Venom in the last 20 years. Oh, I'll tell you hell that. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll no. tell you that. No, okay, I'm also going to say this. Aaron Taylor Johnson, I love you with all of my heart. You're one of my favorites. But after this craving that they gave me in this game, my boy, you got some shoes to fill. That craving in the game was a cold mamma jamma. He was bad. No spoilers. No spoilers. Don't don't no worry. Spoilers. But, um, <laughs> he just don't no, worry. I'm not saying he's gonna get some I'm animal blood into his cut, and then he will turn into <laughs> the craven. <laughs> No, 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 no. He's going to get bit by a radioactive lion. You know this. Come on. There you go. There you go. I, I thought it was a panther or a jaguar or something, but no. Just for character-wise, they did Craven the way I always knew Craven genuinely was. He's also like seven feet tall in that game. He's big <laughs> as hell. He's so fucking big. Um, in November, right before the Marvels comes out, Variety drops an article basically shitting on everything Marvel had done. In the last two it years, was, it was um, crazy. It was the beginning of, well, it was confirmation about how everybody felt about all of this Marvel stuff not going right. Uh, people who hated the MCU and wanted it to die used this article to light their marshmallows on the funeral pyre that was the MCU. Well, um, this is the show that broke the camel's back because at this point, you already had people like, you know, Martin Scorsese and and Christopher Nolan and all of these like much beloved high praise director saying it's superhero fatigue time you know it's these are these are popcorn flicks like you know like and these people's like they're respected in, in the film community so it's like crazy for them to like help validate these rabid fans right who only really wanted like i said again to 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 like their marshmallows up uh there's definitely criticisms that can be made against the mcu this felt a little bit pessimistic but there are people that are tired of all this. So it was just interesting to watch something so anti-MCU come out. We're not that far removed from everybody in the world going to go see Endgame. You know? So it, uh, it was interesting to see that societal shift. And we, I've yet to confirm whether it, it's truly happened or this is what people are worried about. I think we're in the middle of it. I think we can still be recovered. I think we can still pull the plane up, right? You know? Oh, um, no, the plane can definitely go. It has not crashed into the goddamn mountain yet. 
Right. But it's lower in altitude than it was before. I think we can all see that. Some people see that and say that we're crashing, that there's no coming up from here at all. And I think that we still have some places to go. But I just remember that article just taking the piss out of things. And then less than two weeks later, The Marvels comes out and it is a bomb. You know, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was uh, pretty fun. Um, I like Iman Vellani. I thought she did a terrific job. I thought Brie Larson was better in this than she was in the first one. And Tiana Paris, I'm a fan of. I even liked her in The Clone Tyrone. Um, really, really, I like the cast. There's not much to the story, but there's a lot of MCU films where there's not much to the story. Uh, so I can't kick this one too hard. I, I dug it. What do you guys think of the Marvels? I, I enjoyed it. We talked about it. You know, it's not the it's not the word. Uh, to me, Quantumania is way worse. And don't even get me started on Love and Thunder. Right. Uh, this one, this one was fun, and I especially loved where it's going. It finally, it talk about how you mentioned earlier. We have all these strings that we don't know where they're going. This is the movie that finally brought some of those strings together. We we see yeah. Mavalani, you know, her, her Kamala Khan character meet with Kate Bishop. We're finally boom, getting boom, boom. Young Avengers. It looks like you know. I'm I mean? so happy and they brought she, her she back. Drop stature. She oh yeah, I think Ant Man has a kid, and there's me and you. Let's go. Let's let's make this. A, let's make this a thing. You know, mm -hmm. and then we get the we got X Men coming along, which is another thing that we got coming out in uh, in twenty twenty four. Now we have the yeah. X Men ninety seven coming out, which I don't see how even if that's bad, it doesn't become a hit because that's going to yeah. feed into us this ge th that generation of of kids who are now adults and even adults who are now getting to watch it on Disney Plus or even younger people like my my, my son. Has seen episodes of the original uh, animated series. I was on Fox on Disney mm -hmm. Plus. He's going to be all about it. And I mean, today I was at the Lego store, and there's a Lego set for the X Men '97. So I'm already dedicated. So it, it, that now you telling me a multiverse that's going to be based off of an animated cartoon possibly coming into the MCU? Come on, Marvel, what are we doing? And I could totally see Ryan Reynolds doing doing that in 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 um. In Deadpool three. Deadpool three. Yeah. Because if, if they did it, they did it in Across the Spider-Verse. We had we had the Lego movie inside the Spider-Verse movie. hundred percent. I think I, I think this film is gonna appreciate more on Disney Plus. I have a feeling more people are gonna end up watching it when they can watch it from the comfort of their own homes. It again, I will never argue with people when it comes to how they spend their time or how they spend their money. And it seems like a lot of people didn't want to spend either on this. So if it comes to a streaming service and they're still fans of the of the medium, they might still end up enjoying it. They just didn't want to get their arms tied with having to buy five tickets on a Saturday, you know, <laughs> in the middle of, of 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 the holiday season, basically. Yep, I, I can um, see that. But now to see it from the comfort of their own home, and this, I think will make because look she was adorable in the movie that'll make mm -hmm. people want to go back and watch the show because i mean yeah just this past just this past halloween i saw little girls dressed up as miss marvel so i thought that right. was adorable so like there there is this audience for for this let's see how it let, let's let's nurture it let's let it ferment i agree i agree i'll show up so uh, like i show up for all of these when I can, when, like, there's certain ones that I have said that I've either missed because it's just bad timing. Like I've seen one in th three of Guardians in theaters. I missed two in theaters, bad timing. I didn't want to see Iron Man three in theaters. Didn't want to see any of the Thor's in theaters. Like, like I've seen all the the Captain Americas in theaters. I've seen only one Ant Man in theaters, but I've seen Black Widow and I've seen the Marvels because I feel like 
those were two movies specifically that got this unfair rabid hate and we could all say it out loud but we all know what the true like why these films bombed or why these films did bad and why people waited for it to get that second life on disney plus it's sad i went to this movie not expecting low not expecting high i just wanted to that's all i wanted i didn't expect anything i just wanted this is one of the first times where i can say like i went into a movie and i want i like i needed you to be fun please like i'm yeah. genuinely i'm giving i'm showing out because i believe in this film i believe in the actresses behind it i i like nia DaCosta's work i'm gonna see more of her films this year she has a film coming out in like january february so i can't really harp on this film for what it did because at the end of the day what's different than here that guardians didn't do right like like specifically guardians 3 like what's what's different here that no other film didn't do my only real issue was that the singing planet while original and mm. really like like that's crazy like i never thought of something like that for an alien species <laughs> that's pretty original right it it the songs didn't reach me and that's my issue i think that got cut if I had to, if I had to guess, I could see a situation in which that scene goes way longer, but it literally does end pretty abruptly, and then they kind of just are done with the singing plant, singing portion of the singing planet. Oh, that was my I, problem. I, that, like it felt I, like they had more. Definitely, yeah. because the fact that they even roped in that Korean actor, who yeah, you could tell they spent money to just get him in this, and they were probably banking on using him to make money o- overseas. Yeah, internationally, barely in the movie. He was barely in the movie. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I think they they do a lot of cool stuff in it. I would say uh one of my favorite little elements is the idea that uh Miss Marvel tries to save everybody and then Carol tells her you can't. You you don't got time for that. You got to save who you can and the rest of them are just going to go and seeing Kamala's the stars leave Kamala's eyes for a second and she realizes how cold the real world is and how cold this job is is not as idealistic as it would seem. I thought it was a pretty interesting little Little thing there, and which you is know, another should... way to say they hit the same beat that Captain America and Tony Stark hit in Avengers when this was Tony's first time saving large scale people like this, and he's like, "I gotta save everybody." It's like you know, some people die. Like it's just what happens. We're soldiers. We're not like you know, like seeing the oh, yeah. like, wanting to play a hero. Both Tony and Kamala have each gotten a chance to see the ramifications of wanting to put on this suit. And doing that, like this is this is it. And every it's, new hero should come to that realization. It should be part of their evolution. And that's why this movie worked for me. And that's why I think that this movie should have gotten a lot more love. Even you know, even if it doesn't get the money love, I think critically, this movie should have gotten more love. Forget the money we'll for a second. We'll see where it ends up on streaming. Speaking of streaming, Scott Pilgrim takes off. The reintroduction, readaptation of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World in animation form on Netflix. I have not seen this yet. Generally. Neither have I. Has anyone seen this yet? Have you seen Scott Pilgrim be Roke? I saw the very first episode. I was What'd super excited about it. And again, was one of those no things time. where just no time. But I want to. Okay. I, I definitely, definitely want to. Even though some people have even told me, oh, I'm not going to like it because apparently... This is like an alternate universe take on Scott. Pilgrim? Yeah, I was, I was, I was seeing the same thing on Twitter. Where like, don't think of the movie, don't think of the comic book, just think of these are the characters in a whole new light. But there's some 
stuff that's like based on the comic not even the movie like like based on the comic itself but it's not uh, it's not the adaptation we were expecting yeah which I i'm think- totally fine with because it, i was not totally excited for a a page to page you know um revisit of the comic book you right. know so so the fact that they're taking it a different way and exploring it i hear it's mostly kind of like from ramona's perspective which is kind of nice because you know, re rereading those things nowadays, it was. She's a, a manic like, pixie dream girl, and she's two dimensional, and she's meant to be a a kind of. A, exactly. You know, we also have to understand that Brian Lee O'Malley did kind of base this unfairly off of a, an ex girlfriend that broke his heart. Yes, and he was probably said, like nineteen yeah. when he wrote it or something. Like I don't blame yep. him for any of that yeah. stuff, but yeah. su- we're supposed to grow from it. And as B Rook was saying, like as you say, you didn't want a shot for shot remake of the comic. I didn't want a shot for shot remake of the movie. Right, you know, I was like, I, you know, if I know what's gonna happen, then I could just watch the movie. <laughs> and I it was think it's really enough cool. that we got the voice actors. Like, we got the we got the actors of the movie, and I think that that is in of itself a modern day miracle. Scott Pilgrim, what if? Hey, there you go. So we're doing right yeah, now. I'm That's totally, I'm totally down. To, I'm like, it, it's definitely something I am gonna watch. I'll probably shoot. I'll probably watch it within the next few days because I'm gonna have some time. Yeah, I believe our schedule has currently been written all the way through the rest of this month, but I will definitely be putting Scott Pilgrim on the schedule for uh, next month. Maybe oh, even putting... because maybe... we covered it in February, the movie, the very first time we oh, ever yeah, covered we Scott did. Pilgrim. We I'm covered right, yeah, I might pencil that in for Valentine's Day then. We, 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 we return. Um, speaking about something that we were having a conversation off air about whether or not we want to get deeper into i put this on the list on december 1st godzilla minus one uh the godzilla movie everybody's been talking about i've been kind of eh on the monster verse of it all sometimes it feels like a lot of noise <laughs> and a lot of you know explosions and stuff and again nothing wrong if that's what you dig but um i had been hearing great things about this film it's low budget, it's human story, all things that, and quite honestly, even if you're just listening to me right now, you'll never get what I got from the film from listening to me talk about it. <laughs> These are all things that you literally have to experience because what I saw, I could have not predicted and I couldn't have wrote why it should have went that way. Um, I-, I love the unabashed nature of making Godzilla kind of sort of the villain in this. You know, uh, and maybe not a malicious one, more so like a hurricane or a tornado, a force of nature that comes through and is unapologetic in its destruction. Um, That's what they were referring to it in like the Japanese, like the Japanese were like they were referring to it as Godzilla, but they were also like calling it like force majeure. Like it was, it was, that's what it was. Yeah. And even in the calling it Godzilla to, you know, almost interpret like a, a, a divine sort of <laughs> a divine sort of, uh, uh, you know, mandate for this thing to come through and crush and kill and destroy. But yeah, I was a tremendous fan of this film. It took me aback and I had the pleasure of seeing it with Mr. B. Roke. Uh, what did you think of Godzilla minus one? Oh, I thought it was same thing. I, I didn't I wasn't a movie. I was I excited to see. I'm not the, I'm not a Godzilla person. I enjoy it. I, I've kind of enjoyed the the monster verse movies where he fights king kong as silly as those are you know i don't need i don't need the story that they attempt to put down the throat in those movies but the story that's told here is so human it's so heartfelt it's so tells the story of 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 characters it's like like how i said earlier about blue beetle where blue beetle kind of was like yeah we'll, we'll kind of talk about some of this latin american history this movie 
to tell the story from the perspective of a kamikaze pilot who survived, obviously survives. In in World War II, which have always been depicted as those were the bad guys. Anyone that wasn't us are just mindless soldiers. It's us, (laughs) the good guys against just all those bad guys over there. So when all of a sudden, uh, you know, you have these soldiers and they're talking amongst themselves, the army that lost, and not only lost in the terms of how many men they lost in the war, but then the bombs dropped and how much the country lost as that. And then in this particular telling, Godzilla on top of that. Yeah. What the- I mean, one thing I love and <laughs> getting getting to watch it with you is, you know, because something you're you're very shy about. I'm sorry if I'm gonna pull it out of you. Uh, but <laughs> right. your, your your military background. And I can tell yeah. you, you yeah. empathized tremendously with this. And yeah. the, the, the stoicness, the stoic way you watch this movie to then write the because re- you were so quiet about it. We we then had we, oh, yeah. we enjoyed a meal together, and I could yeah. see you just postulating all about this movie. And then by the time you drove home, you're you're, you're posting right. this yeah. like almost one page review <laughs> on the site about it. I was like, dude, he was affected by this movie. Yeah, and and don't yeah. get me wrong, it, it 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 is that kind of movie, and it's a movie that I want to rewatch. And it's a movie that, as much as they set up a tentpole from because they they're building a, their its own little universe, it's a perfect single movie. It's a perfect it's by itself. And if I can't wait to rewatch it, it's gonna draw it draws tears from you. It teaches people history, and it teaches people that in depth history, not just oh yeah, yeah it, was, it was a paragraph in in the textbook, uh, deep in the textbook. This thing gets into the human aspects of of this history, and also has a giant monster that is beautifully shown. And yeah. I know and they say it's low budget, yeah. but this also goes back to what I was talking about with our our actors here, where it's like, look, man, this movie definitely didn't cost as much as they're advertising it. Supposedly, it stuff is coming out more and more that you know this wasn't some fifteen. It wasn't just movie. fifteen, yeah. It is. It was probably fifty, sixty, seventy-five million, but still, compare that to like Quantumania's budget, the Marvels' budget. And God's and you made stars in this. You didn't have to have stars in this. Now they now you have stars from you know this, I mean? right? So uh, yeah. this movie beautifully acted. Every I can't think of a a, a bad performance in no. the movie. It was and and even honestly, when they're it, playing like tropey characters, yes. they're still not bad performances. <laughs> even though Definitely. you know, okay, that's supposed to be that guy, and that's supposed to be that guy. Which you know, and and then any one of these films. The last thing I'll say before I toss it over uh, to you, gentlemen, again. <laughs> is um one of the things that resonated the most about this with me and is what i look for in comic book medium is this the one of the central ideas of this film is hope despite the odds Mm -hmm. hope despite getting crapped on and crapped on and crapped on the ability to still throw the dice even though you've lost absolutely everything to me that's the core of what makes superhero stuff great that perseverance, that pushing through, and the, that's what the main character does in this. And it, it made me fall in love with it because it was the story I am used to hearing in comic books, but being told in a, in a whole other uh, different light. Um, but Dan, what do you think about Godzilla minus one? So I had a bit of a different experience. Like this is this was probably the greatest theater experience I've ever had because uh, okay. when I went to go see this, I actually saw this in 4DX. Interesting. And Plus I you were had, like shaken by Godzilla. <laughs> I had no Quite idea yeah. what the hell 4DX was. And then they did an example of 4DX. And right. then, yeah, 
you're 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 in there, and the, you know the movie starts with the pilot flying in the plane and everything, and the seat shaking. It's it's mad loud, and everything is like moving. When Godzilla comes out the water, every single time he comes out the water, when you're on the boat in the water, it's spraying you in the face. Mist. Yeah, you feel the wind in your hair. When Godzilla did the atomic breath for the first time, I squealed <laughs> like a child on Christmas, like Mac and the Sunny special. I squealed. I have seen the atomic breath done before. My Before this movie, my favorite of them was the 2014 movie with Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. I thought that that was probably the best atomic breath I've ever seen cinematically done. But here, when the, when, his, when his back was just protruding and the blue was just moving, you see, like I think the, like a shotgun, just, like he, he he like recoils into you know, and then he and, and the way the air just breaks and turns this blue, and he's just sucking in the atmosphere. Oh my god like i i know i'm gonna rewatch this for the story i was definitely paying attention to the, story. the movie made me cry in theaters oh yeah john like that like i felt i felt for that little girl yeah. like i felt for homie when she yeah. said you still are you still fighting your war i damn near broke into tears yeah because he's been fighting a war in his head since he felt like he failed his mission um it, it, it it's an extremely deep movie a bunch of pathos even though it also has a kaiju in it so i uh, uh, people go out of your way to check out godzilla minus one it's the best it's the best godzilla movie ever made genuinely it's my it, favorite it's my favorite yeah the way um, they managed to balance the human story where you actually care about these characters on top of feeding into your excitement of we came here to see a monster this is probably the most i've seen godzilla in a you know movie like, he had some screen time here. When he tore through that city, slashing his tail on those buildings and everything. Just, was just, just by walking, just by kind of just strolling oh through, destroying God, everything. Exactly. He was biting trains just to, just to throw them. That yeah, was kind of an asshole. My favorite was still how beautiful, like, how beautiful he looked when he was swimming. Yeah. Especially that one like scene a big ass they're, fish. They're, they're, throwing, they're throwing, like, depth charges at him. And he's oh, like, you see his little eyes. Yeah. He's, like, he's like he's like jaws ain't got nothing on me, man. Yeah, I'll fight. A, I'll fight. A, I'll fight a twenty five foot shark any day of the week. Give me Godzilla on my you, ass. You're rooting for these guys with sticks and stones, you know, <laughs> like they like hobbling together some of this stuff to try to kill this, this being. It's absolutely great. Uh, the last two things we'll talk about real quick is Marvel's What If Season 2. I actually haven't finished it, but what I've seen of it, I, I like. I'm hearing great things about it. It seems to be trying to be more interconnected than seasons before. Uh, B-Roke, have you had a chance to check out any of uh, What If Season 2? Yes. What If Season 2, actually, because it is something so different to see. To see, I really like this the first season. So knowing that it was going to bring back some of those old characters as well as more crazy stories i mean the first episode where they basically do nebula meets the world of blade runner yeah I, yeah hooked yeah me in hooked me in the next two couple episodes were a little bit too comedic for my liking right you know i can see why some people might like that or why they felt okay we have to give them some brevity for where we're about to go because then they re-enter the world of captain carter where we left her in season one where she finds what appears to be steve rogers and where they take where they take the story there is 
it's funny how again you, you talk about with Loki, and you, when you get a chance to sit with characters, the fact that you you can basically tell the same story of Steve and Peggy, but mm-hmm. now you're just flipping it around a little bit, and people it still draws me in, even as I'm watching it, going, man, I want something new. But I really she's looking like... for her last dance. <laughs> yeah, she's right, like, yeah. right, and yeah. it and it's just turned around a little bit, and it it was a lot, a lot of fun. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but I will say this: I saw that Hella episode, and I I Hella liked it, <laughs> right? And I even even at the yeah. end of it, when I totally it was it was beat over our our heads, where oh man, she's the goddess of death, but now she's the goddess of life. Yeah. I was like, but I, I I can't I can't help but like it. Especially the visuals are cool. Yeah, the visuals. Just, yeah. They the fact that they brought back uh Shang Shang Chi lore, which is like, yay, Marvel, you remember they, again, again, something that they dropped and never touched again. It was you like a whole like thank mirror God. dimension. And, and, you know, seeing him come back, um, and then seeing them do what they did with Hella, and hear even hearing Hella's voice. I love the fact that in this one they even made a joke about it because Hella was so quickly dashed away with Surtur, whereas in this one they comes back, I am Asgard's doom, and she's like, yeah, whatever. She just smacks him in the face, like, yes, that's what should have happened in the movie because right. Mm, the more and more I watch Ragnarok, the more and more I go wasted, wasted <laughs> potential, especially considering how it led into Love and Thunder, which. The one ever, Poop. it's it's the only MCU movie I've never rewatched, and I never will rewatch. I have no Ooh. desire to. I'm put me, I'm put me on that. I don't, I don't care if they make his daughter <laughs> in that movie the leader of the Young Avengers. I am not going to rewatch Love and Thunder. It was a disrespect to to those characters yeah. and to Jason Aaron's writing. Um, but what and if Christian season two? Bale. <laughs> huh? I said and Christian Bale. <laughs> and, right, oof. Uh, anyway. Uh, but no, I would definitely recommend watching it. We we have. To, I would love to talk to you about though the ending. The ending is. I'm not up to the ending yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, so I'm not, not going to yeah, mention yeah, it yeah, now. Yeah. But on a whole, I would definitely say it's worth watching. And again, just from from what they can draw from from this, there's so many ideas. And then the idea of hey, let's make more animated stuff matter in this multiverse we're building now and 100%. tie that in. It, it was only a couple of months in between us seeing Captain Carter in What If Season 1 and seeing a version of Captain Carter in Multiverse of Madness. That's right. You That's know, right. all of a sudden you're like, oh, whoa, this could happen. What's going on here? We still have yet to get a live-action Uatu. So that would be very interesting to see if they if they go about that, you know? Ooh, and if, if, if any they, of that's connected make, with everything else. If they make Jeffrey Wright, right, if they make <laughs> Jeffrey Wright Uatu, especially come... <laughs> Him coming, oh, he's he's had he had himself a great year as an actor. So, oh know, yeah, Dan was just uh, telling me great things about American, American fiction? fiction. American fiction, yep. Oh, yep. oh my God, that <laughs> that was so okay. So, that's not a comic book. You can't talk about it. it's not a comic book. <laughs> because I saw American fiction and the. You know, right? for a second. Yeah, no, I got it. So it's so it's so funny because I actually saw the Marvels and American fiction on the same day. Wow, talk about talk about two different routes. Yeah. Highs and, it was, and lows. It was, because it was an act. Because well, I originally was always gonna go see the Marvels. I bought, I, I got, I reserved the ticket on AMC. But then AMC does this thing called five dollar unseen. Oh, where, that's what they gave you. Yes. Nice. I've 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 been wanting to do that, but they do that on like random weekdays, and I oh can't... yeah. And but and the whole kicker is is they don't just do one auditorium. They do in uh, Lincoln Thirteen. They do two auditoriums 
at the same time, 7 o'clock. And then in AMC 25 in Times Square, they do one auditorium at 7 o'clock. So there's three showings at 7 o'clock in different places. And it's just, which one do you want to pick? And so I was already in Lincoln 13 with the Marvel. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just go at random, pick this one at 7 o'clock. Theater 13, whatever. Bam. And I knew instantly once it started, I'm like, oh my God, am I about to see American fiction? And I did, and it is my number six of the top ten of movies of the year. It, it was, it is one of the smartest comedies that has come out in a very long time. Like He's genuine great. art comedy. He'll be taking another bite at Gordon soon. Ooh, that's uh, right, the I can't Batman. Believe. So he'll be back. We're gonna as, bring uh, Commissioner down Gordon. Back. He's the Commissioner Gordon. He's a Watu. There's worse roles to play in some of these universes, Thirdly. bro. He's, and he's, and he's, he's chilling right now. He's chilling. Uh, oh, if it ain't right, it ain't right. He's had a great career. He's had a great career. Uh, sadly, we have to end on a man eating a roach in a burger. Uh, <laughs> How poetic, hey, hey, delicacy. It's a delicacy. It's a delicacy. Somewhere, 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 it's a delicacy. <laughs> or you could trick your brother that it is, because that's what happened in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the final comic book movie to come out this year. Um, uh, it was fine. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was uh, like I didn't hate it. I wasn't malicious towards it, but I just kind of left it feeling cold because of in my in my mind like again the encapsulation of 10 years of this stuff like this was this is it like this is this is how uh this is how uh democracy dies or whatever whatever the line yeah, right. that, <laughs> that is um dan have you seen aquaman 2 uh i haven't even seen aquaman 1 that also, also true. i know boot about you boot Boot him, that was that was you're fired. You're fired. Listen, I'm not. I swear, I'm not. I'm not a bigot. I'm not a racist. But but yes, the two brown leads I have not seen. <laughs> the two brown lead movies. But the, the two Polynesian leads I have not seen their movies. I've not seen Black Adam. I've not seen any of the Aquaman's. It's nothing against them. And oh okay, so when I'm, I'm, guessing, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing you didn't watch Raw last night. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole. You other stay thing. away from the table, Dwayne. Stay away That's from the right. table, bro. That ain't your table, bro. That ain't your table. No, no more. I tried watching Aquaman one. I tried giving it a fair shot, and when I turned the movie on, I swear to God, it's the fastest I ever turned the movie off. I turned off in five minutes because within his opening narration, I predicted the next line of dialogue, and then he said it, and I said, "No, I know where this is going, <laughs> and I'm not watching this. I cannot yeah. do it." And I have never seen Aquaman 1. I won't see Aquaman 2. I've seen clips online. I'm, I'm all the way good. I am so far good. It's crazy. What did you think of 2, Biro? It was better than Blue Beetle. Oh, look at that. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. But I'll never find out on my own. No, I enjoyed Aquaman 2 because I feel bad. The first Aquaman was very watchable. I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. It was I a agree. little bit too long, but it was better. Th- I was I was expecting to see a train wreck with the first Aquaman, but the yeah. fact that it left me going, "Hmm, there's something here," and I anticipate a, a part two. To to this movie was supposed to come out how long ago? Probably a year and a half ago, at least. I want to say it was probably even on the 2020 schedule when COVID right. went. So, shit. and you can you can tell just like with the Flash and just like with 
God knows how many other Very movies. similarly to The Flash, I feel like this had as much negative press behind the herd situation, the recasting, mm -hmm. the DCEU versus the DCU, all of that. None and of that. Helped. You can you can tell you can tell that how many times this movie has been re-edited. Yeah. You, you can just tell that they were okay, we're gonna chop it up this way, we're gonna chop it up this way, we're gonna chop it up this way. This movie had a had a bigger story to tell. You can tell it was setting up a part three. Or at least a continuation of this of this DCEU, and they just <clears throat> had to do something different with it. But the and they fact do the Shazam that, right too because they do the whole like he ends the other movie going I am Aquaman and I'm the king of Atlantis and then this movie starts he's like I don't really like being king of Atlantis maybe right, I don't, maybe right. I but at least he's still Atlantis. doing the job at least he's still yeah, doing the job that is awesome. he's not trying to he's totally to pass it over he he just wants more control in the job whereas. Yeah. In Shazam, it's like, man, I, I wish I never yeah. would have said that word one time. Like, can I get a like, day off? Uh, you just you applied here. <laughs> like, <what did> you... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you begged for this. You gave yeah, it to your you family, mean? and I don't want it. But no, the, with the with the King of Atlantis thing, I, I didn't mind that they took it that route. But it was just the fact that the sudden extra lore that came out. Where, oh, now there's a council? Where was this council in the first movie? They call that world building, apparently hiding all the uh, facts from the first, and then yeah, just no, this, bring this, this it into the world second. appearing. This is just world appearing. It just comes from nowhere. But I um, knew. I, uh, I was gonna say real quick. I just knew it was ridiculous. There's literally a scene. I've talked about this in the uh, review of the film. There's literally a scene with no context of just Jason Momoa doing donuts in a motorcycle, <laughs> while Born to Be Wild plays in the background. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's not. He's not doing anything. I didn't, I didn't mind that watching scene. Him I didn't, no, see, I didn't mind that scene. Me, right? You're messing with me, right? No, no. See, yeah. I didn't mind that scene because he's narrating about how he's just trying to be a land lover at the same time being the king of Atlantis, and that apparently. You lived in Florida long enough to know that people people do donuts and go mud racing for, yeah. for nothing. So him getting on a motorcycle and doing donuts. If you are us. trying to make an argument that Aquaman is Floridian, listen, I have my suspicions. Jason Momoa at least might be or have a bit of it in him. My thing was the 50-year-old needle Miami. drop. That was, my, that was my issue. The 50-year-old needle drop is a bit much. Right, the Born to Be Wild. When's that come out? Born it's not even about the year. That, that song, <laughs> it's not about the year. It's the song. Yeah. Why that song? Dude, like that is the most WB's bad Disney Channel. That's the most after-school special song you could. I mean, that's that's something I expected in Problem Child and Baby Geniuses. Not a movie from a from from Baby Aquaman. Per, per, hey, hey, there was a Baby Geniuses too. Okay, put a little respect there was. on that. My God. But um, no, no, you know, the scene that made me laugh out loud in the theaters was when they the whole movie, when they're when they're first trying to find uh, Black Mance's base of operations and they're talking mm -hmm. about we don't know where this is coming from. We don't know what's happening. And literally when they come above the waterline and you see that it's just giant volcanoes spewing out noxious gas and it's like, yeah, that's the secret base. Where's the Justice League, man? Where's the satellites? Um, you telling me they would have noticed this? Like no, nah, we don't know this, and they had to vaguely reference the Justice League because we don't know who the Justice League is here. We don't know we're on the right Earth, right? Exactly, exactly. The Flash, the Flash is busy, you know, running and running in place, talking to other Flashes and George Reeves. Oh God! <laughs> I, I mean, also th those uh, those things were just silly and goofy. But I mean, one thing, uh, Dan, you talking about wanting a maniacal villain? 
Black Manta, man. Talk about a guy who's just one track minded. No, right? no, I've I have heard that especially I love that actor because I've seen him in Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep, yeah, uh, an under underrated movie guy. from the, this past year. Yeah, so he was like a he, I like I give him his respect as an actor. I've heard very good things about Black Manta and that and Patrick Wilson can do no wrong in my eyes. So even if he's hamming it up, phoning it up, I will sit for Patrick Wilson, but it's just this, I, I can't with this movie. It's hard. Maybe if I throw this on The Witch is Worse, which is the worst comic book movie of 2023. I wrote an article on Black Manta, and I love him in this film, but I, he gets cucked. He got cucked in the first film by Orm. He gets cucked in this film by the zombie zombie king and then Zom- orm again now and then orm again hey, man, they just took it they stole it from game of thrones he's he's the ice he's the ice king man he's oh, frozen sorry. he's, he's ice king. The, the, night the night king the night king the night king it's a combination <laughs> of like lord of the rings and lord of the rings and uh game, game of, thrones of thrones with this guy yep. here uh, but yeah like he's he's the big bad but he's the big bad being puppeteered by somebody else and as soon as that puppet the puppet strings get cut he gets his ass whooped he gets ass whooped and they throw him in a chasm and he's like nah fuck it i'm leaving and he just let's go so it's like i love manta but it's like damn and also born to be wild came out in 1968. it's just the song itself 50 years ago <laughs> 50 years ago i i like to believe i like to believe that they were they were setting up black man to be the big big bad of part three because he's definitely not dead. The way the way the his story ends in this movie. Okay, yeah, but how many times babies. is this man gonna be the big bad of this dude's trilogy? Like, he should have got that baby. He should have. If you wanted to make no, this no, guy the big bad, I, and that's something I, I thought. I thought. I thought Warner Brothers was gonna have the balls to cut off um, Jason Momoa's hand and give him some kind of hook hand. Do do something. Or at least put it in the piranha tank. Something. Something. <laughs> right. You know, and like you you mentioned. I thought, oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna kill he's gonna kill uh, his father. But just like the actor, you, you can't kill Boba Fett, whether it's in the Star Wars universe or or in the or in the DC universe, you can't kill him. He impales this man, and then he goes, "I'm gonna let you live." And I'm like, what? "Why? <laughs> Literally, why? There's no, no reason. reason. You're not There's making no a reason to do this." And then the the, uh, the, the the talk about the overuse of slow motion. The slow motion they used in that scene felt so like Hallmark Channel. <laughs> where, yeah. Whereas it felt so out of place. Not great. The half the movie is flashbacks to the first movie. And then uh, the final act, uh, spoilers for everybody, is the uh, final act from um, The Suicide Squad, where a man uses a smaller bullet to crash through, <laughs> to go through the first bullet and kill the guy that's basically what happens to peace you're, they shoot you're uh, so fucking with me it's uh, crazy he throws his like, titan I, through the other titan through the other triton yeah, and then yeah, he kills I, the guy but what i did like was how the the end of the movie blatantly emulates iron man one and i feel like they did it on purpose to be like look marvel you won your first movie or, or like won the battle and we're just gonna copy that scene, and that Jason Momoa, I am Aquaman, woohoo, and just walk off. It would be I'm bad like, enough yeah. if it was just that, but they literally then also steal from Black Panther because he comes out to the UN and tells them that there's a secret organization, and he's willing to play ball, and he's opening up their borders, and he's willing to be a Democrat. So not only do they take from Iron Man, but they deliberately just take from Black Panther. There's a whole element here that no 
unobtainium or whatever the fuck is going on here. Like it's just it's just <laughs> everything. It's just everything. It's just way too much. But Jason Momoa looked like he had fun. Patrick Wilson's a blast in it. Uh, Yaya uh, Abdul Mateen, like I said, he busted his ass, and mm-hmm. I think the suit and all that stuff looks well. It's just again, how many of these uh, can you take? And I guess the actual answer to that we'll find out in the future. Um, but. Thank you guys for joining me to cover uh, this year. It's a bit of a long one tonight, but I loved covering uh, all this with you guys. Just as I love covering every single thing that we do here. Well, I mean, it was a big, it was a big year. It was <laughs> it a was really a, big year. a lot of things happening. And, you know, we're just covering the comic book media of it. If we did yeah. everything from music to video games to TV, if we, did, we haven't even done comics. We haven't done just just comics, and that would have been a whole oh, thing on God. itself. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Comic Book Click, the you know, major podcast uh, brought to you by Comic Book Click. It's the first episode of the year but that doesn't mean it has to be the last episode you listen to go back and check out every single episode of the major issues podcast at comicbookclick.com it's the one stop for everything comic book click our merchandise our articles um and the best ways to support us you can hit our support cbc button or support comic book click button it'll take you to our patreon patreon.com slash cbc clubhouse where for as little as 10 cents a day three dollars a month you can help us support us here as we continue to provide you guys with free content we just started a new video series, Major Previews. It's available on our YouTube channel. Um, we're on YouTube, literally everywhere. Just Google Comic Book Click, and we're always the results that pop right up. We're available wherever podcasts are found. Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, TuneFind, YouTube, Spotify, and more. Um, and yeah, like I said, if you can't find us by Google, if you can't find us by Comic Book Click, come on, man. It's all pretty easy. It's all right there. Um, but we really want you guys to join the conversation. We're, we're growing our numbers. We doubled our numbers last year uh, on Facebook. Um, we started the year around 9,000. We're at 18,000 currently. Uh, things are moving up. People are responding to the kind of content that we bring, which just strengthens us more to produce that kind of content for you guys. So make sure you're going to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, that you're using the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media, but that you're also going to at major issue CBC on Twitter and at major issue CBC on Twitch because we're doing some cool stuff over there as well. Uh, Dan, the comic book man, where can the people find you if you want to be found? Uh, well, you know, you could just uh, search me on Letterboxd. All my stuff is linked there. My uh, other accounts from my Twitter to my Instagram to my serialized. Uh, my Letterbox is, you know, just my name, Daniel Georgie. Uh, last name is G-E-O-R-G-I. Uh, I will be have things coming through the works, but uh, probably by the next time you uh, hear my voice for Which Was Worse, I'll have more things to tell you. Boom, boom, boom. Do you want to be found, B-Roke? Oh, you can find me right here. You can find me <laughs> in past episodes. You can find me uh, all over the comic book click. Check out the website. And as a new co-star of Major Previews. And that's right. That's right. So so if you're enjoying me, because I'm enjoying this, keep following us right here at the comic book click on Facebook, Instagram, and check out the website. We're blowing up like like uh, we do like it Don lot, here said. Yeah, and we, yeah. we, we, we want to do more for you guys. So help us help you and just stick around. Yeah. Tell a friend to tell a friend. It's the quickest way for our podcast to grow and for us to know what you guys like and you don't like. I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media, but I can't tell you how we do it because next thing you know, it messes up the timeline and The Rock's playing the century. Nobody wants that because he's just like Black Superman again. And I'm like, no, bro, that's not what that character is. Stop trying to do that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> see, I get hot. Get hot, all right? Acknowledge him. 
Dwayne, you hear me? You hear me? I'm just talking to you now. Acknowledge him. Anyway, <laughs> so follow us wherever we're going because we're going a lot of places and we won't want to go there without you guys. So make sure that you guys are joining the bandwagon before the bandwagon becomes full because, yeah, man, we got places to go and we want you guys there with us. But that'll be all for this episode. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic man. And I am Alex B. Roke, but here for 2024. And this has been our 2023 year in review. And remember, whether you're a hardworking actor, comic book writer, VFX artist, director, or producer, remember that we are the click. And always remember that you, yes, you are worthy.